Ladies and gents, good evening. It's another episode of the Just Epicentic Podcast. Uh, this is going to be recorded separately from tonight's episode. Uh, just want to give a little update. and I touched on some of this with the guys. Um, great podcast. You guys are going to love it. Um, especially you AI guys. Um, yeah, it's uh, the 18th of September, and um, it's, it's been been pretty busy as per usual. Um, had our second soccer practice with I'm the head coach of Jackson's team, um, so that's fun. Um, just going to give you all a little bit of updates. I have a match coming up. Um, this coming up weekend, and I'm sure I'll have between now and then, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to do a, a pre-match episode or at least going to do a uh, little um, hot wash afterwards, little after action report. Uh, be my first two-day match or really any match since March. And, uh, it, you know, it's been it's been nice. Um, kind of, you know, I miss shooting, of course, and I love shooting, but it's been nice to be able to do other things, um, have time to do that, like fishing, boating with the family and jujitsu and traveling. We just got back from Florida last weekend. We spent a week down in Florida for vacation. It was really nice, but it's just, I mean, I know all you guys are out shooting in it every weekend and that's, that's great. And I, I, I did that too, but it's, it's been nice being able to do something a little different in the heat during the heat. And this was apparently I heard, I don't know if this was in just North Carolina or the nation, but I suppose it was like the hottest summer on record. Maybe, um, I, it felt it shit. It, it was hot as balls all spin hot as balls all summer. So, um, but, uh, something else I want to get out there a little bit of equipment change. Um, as, as you guys know, uh, if you've been listening, um, I've been, uh, a sponsored shooter by Vortex for the last few years, and uh, I tell you, I've I've loved it, another bit of it. Love Vortex as a company, and they make great products. Um, the the Gen 2 razors um, have have treated me well. Um, I I tell you, I still say, bar none, dollar for dollar, across all platforms, I guess you would say, or genres or tiers of scopes. The best bang for your buck, especially if you're getting just getting into this game, you know, is the Gen 2 Razor. For what they can be had for and what you're getting, it, you're not going to beat it. Um, now, that's overall. Uh, what I will say is the, the, I mean, the turrets, the um, dependability of the Gen 2 Razor. I love the EBR7C reticle. Um, the, I mean, just everything, how it operates, uh, you, it, I love the scope. You can't, you can't beat it. But the one shortcoming that it has, it's not the glass as a whole, as much as the glass in heavy mirage. And being in the southeast, um, of this, like I'm sure people from Texas as well, in in the desert areas. But I mean, we've got so much moisture in the ground most days it's it's mirage year round and the only time you don't have it is when the wind's blowing it out and we don't have a lot of wind here so you're always dealing mirage and there's been times where you know the target it's been so mirage and the the target is just dancing in my reticle and 
Uh, I can see the target, obviously, but I cannot see like it'd be an impact and I have no idea where it hit on the target. Even if it's been like a clean target um, and it's super miragey and I see the target hit indicator at distance go off. And this, this is only applies to at actual distance, not 600 and in. But, you know, Pat, beyond that, you know, and, and misses, good luck. You know, it's been one of those those type things. And, you know, I've been waiting on the Gen 3 Razor, you know, for a year now since I, I got wind of it. And, you know, I've been asking like, hey, what, you know, where are we looking at, you know, as far as timeline? Like, I don't need to know anything about it. I know that the the glass in the Gen 3 Razor um, is going to be better than the, the Gen 2. And the Gen 2 has been out since what, 2015? 14 to 2015 something i can't even remember what year it came out um but you know just in in optics alone technology as far as coatings and and everything has has you know made strides and i know without a doubt that the gen 3 razor is going to have better glass but i was like hey you know we got any updates on timeline uh yet yeah, soon soon's what i got and I know they're keeping their cards close to their, to their chest, and and I don't blame them at all. Um, but you know, we've had other Vortex optics uh, from different lines come out that I'm like, where does this fit in the market? And you know, your Gen 2 Razor has been the same since. The only thing has been added is a couple of reticles, which you know, great. Um, but it's getting, it's getting left behind from the top tier guys, because at one point, you know, before the Zico's, before the, the Thetas and everything, you know, it was, it was in the top runnings with the top dogs, with the most expensive glass you could get. Maybe not quite as good, but it was in the same category. Now there's been a whole new category created of a new tier of scopes, if you will, and you know the gen 2 is just it isn't in it it's in the second tier which is nothing still a great optic um and i still have it it's sitting on another rifle right now um and i you know i i, I plan to utilize that scope and i mean I, I, it's done me well and i love the scope but you know i just i was tired of the times of having to deal with mirage and it's literally that is the only thing i can say negative other than the color i'm not a fan of the, of the vortex brown but or whatever color it is. Um, I do hope the Gen 3 is black. But, um, you know, in reality, though, that is the only, my only qualm with the Gen 2 Razor is Mirage. And given where I am in the country, I, it's, Mirage is always a factor. Unless you're shooting on an overcast day and, or you've got, you know, unseasonable winds for this area. Um, then you're dealing with Mirage. And so I, you know, I haven't this year, haven't even renewed my sponsorship. And I ended up going outside of Vortex and I have a Minox ZP5. And I, I couldn't be happier with that scope. There's really not one thing that I would change about it. It is an amazing scope and the glass is superb and it is in i don't care what anybody says and there's probably very few people that will disagree with this 
but that scope is in that top tier with the zero compromise scopes, which is an amazing scope and the tangent thetas, which is an amazing scope and the night four, seven to 35, which is a wonderful, amazing scope. Um, it has equal glass to, I mean, it's your, you're not just cutting hairs, you're cutting cells at that point, but the difference, um, in glass. Now I do like the, the tangent thetas turrets better and, um, you know, the zero compromise, uh, their turrets are awesome. And the, you know, amount of travel in the scope is, is more. And, you know, there's plenty in this scope for the game that we play. I mean, the zero compromise, they are in the tangent thetas. They are a better scope whole package, but I was fine with the performance of the Gen 2 razor. And this one doesn't lose anything to that Gen 2 razor. Um, but it has better glass. So it's basically fixed the problem that I was having. And, um, me and, uh, CL and Jeff went and shot last week. Um, to, we got a match coming up and I'm hell. I have not shot past 500 yards since March and I got the new scope on and zeroed it here at the house. But, um, a couple weeks ago, I wanted to test the load, but it's like the day before my Minox got here, I wanted to shoot to see. Well, if that scope was zeroed and wanted to see how that this load and, and seat and depth was shooting. It's the same load as my Hancock, but I sold the John Hancock and now I'm just running the AI, which I'm excited about. But I wanted to just verify that, you know, I, I said different seating depth. It's like a 40,000 jump, I believe, um, which the jump in the Hancock was about 20,000. So I want to see how I was doing. So cold shooter, I haven't shot you know, anything minus that Tika at some deer during while I was doing that, that, uh, deprivation permit. Um, so I, no, no real shooting involved. Um, and then this rifle hadn't been shot. I didn't know if it was even zeroed for that barrel. And so I sat down the first three rounds. I don't know if some of you saw the picture on snipers high. The first three rounds was literal one hole and measured on the, I think it's range buddy app where you can you know, mark your, your impacts and you use a one inch. I have, you, you have something with a one inch reference in there. So I had a um, tape measure in the picture and everything. And it measured at three shot group measured at 0.09. I mean, the first is cold of a rifle and as cold of a um, shooter as you could get. And it, I mean, it's just, it's completely lights out the load, the rifle, the barrel, um, like I said, that was with the razor and it was, I was like, great. And then I went to five eleven and hit, I believe it is a six inch square plate. I think it's six. Um, I stacked two on top of each other first and second round impacts at that distance. I said, I'm putting the damn thing up. It's, it's done. It's good to go. And, uh, so then I zeroed it the next day when the Minox came in. And, uh, I hadn't shot it since until this past, I think, what, did, what day did we go? We went on a Wednesday, I believe. Yep. went on Wednesday and I didn't even shoot at a hundred. I just waited till, uh, Jeff had like five rifles of zero and CL shot to verify zero in his. And then we went to the thousand yard deck and I mean, out of all, I think I shot 18, 
18 rounds. That's all I took with me with the 105 load. Shot 18 rounds, and from 500 to 1,000, I think I dropped like three shots um, the whole time. And one MOA played at a grand, and then the the, the full size Ipsic at a grand, and then small poppers at like 800 and stuff like that. It the right it's him. So whatever happens regarding my score this coming up weekend, it is 100% on David, and that's what you want it to be. You want it to be to where your equipment and your load is square so squared away that anything that goes wrong is due to shooter error and that way you just have nothing but confidence full confidence in your gear that way you don't have that looming over your head as much as you can now things happen you know in between like hey i just shot it day before yesterday and it shot great and now like before the the morning of you go to the hunter to verify your zero now you're shooting you know it's not shooting well or your zero moved i mean that that does happen it's not all the time it is rare but it does happen um, I have none of that, like just, but, but do what you can to have utmost confidence in your, in your gear. And you're only setting yourself up for as good of a day or a weekend as that you will be able to shoot. Um, and so I'm, I know I'm going to be you know, du dusting off all the cobwebs and the rust from not, you know, really shooting since March, but, or April whenever the last time I really shot, I think it was March. And, um, but you know, th I, that I can't blame other than the fact that I just, I haven't been shooting. I've been doing other things and putting priorities, uh, different priorities ahead of this and that's fine. Um, but I know my, my equipment is squared away. Um, also bipod, I sold my AccuTac, uh, BR4 Gen 2 bipod and, and, bit the bullet and paid for a uh, thunder beast the t-back bipod and let me tell you i, I wish i had done it before now because i like the accutac bipod but there's some things that i didn't like um but i decided to go this route and i'll tell you i'm glad i did I, I love the whole feature set of the entire bipod i love the easy twist off feet the um the fact that you don't have to um, compress any buttons or levers to drop the bipod legs you do to stow them but you don't at to, to deploy them and then if you know you want it angled there's another button to angle it um, you know the the quick deploy um, extensions the ability to add extensions to your bipod um, it, it's great it and, it and it actually if you've got the legs completely collapsed not like stowed away and put away but i'm talking about the legs are down but you have the shortest setting it's like the same height as a harris which is great because there are times where you gotta get super low and i can think of one stage that i might be shooting this coming up weekend that um if you've shot at frontline the last year or so where the spools are now on that concrete pad when you gotta shoot underneath the spool that's sitting on its two ends you've got to get super low. So you're basically a Harris bipod with no rear back because you're angled up, but you've got to get low enough to where your scope can see underneath the, uh, the body of the big wire spool. If you know what I'm talking about, this, this bipod will do it. And my BR four at its lowest setting, other than unless you 45, the legs, which it shoots like crap. When you do that, um, you're not seeing underneath it. And it wasn't a super tall bipod, but it's taller than a Harris, in, in this one 
So I'm super excited about this. And obviously it has the really right stuff. Um, Arca Swiss um, mount for either Picatinny or Arca. And my whole rifle, there's no Picatinny on the whole thing other than for the scope. So anyway, it's going to work out great. And uh, I'm really excited about the weekend. It's a good time. It's uh, it's, it's going to be good to get back out there and see the, uh, all of my shooting friends and and for me, Jeff and CL to get out and shoot a match together again. They've been they've been uh, killing it with the team matches lately um, this summer, and they got a W under their belt. I believe I mentioned that in the last podcast, and um, they've got the Guardian uh, GTI match coming up here pretty soon that I think they're going to do very very well at. They communicate so well. Like even if one of them said, "Hey, Dave, do you want to shoot this match?" No, I don't want to break up the step brothers. Like you guys do too well together for me to come in and and not be you know reading from the same sheet of music like you guys do so well. And they've done that since the very first team match they ever shot together. There wasn't some type of pre-planning of this is how we're going to say this or do this or you're going to be your. No, no, they just meshed and gelled naturally i mean we shoot together all the time so they didn't know their first time shooting a match together as a team they didn't know really what to expect for the team aspect but i think they got like fourth out of everybody or something like that and it was i mean it was great. everybody commented on how well they communicated so kudos to those guys uh tonight's episode is gonna is gonna kick ass especially for you ai shooters but even if you don't have an AI, don't want an AI. If you have a Remsen 700 footprint or clone uh, custom action or even a Tika action, you are going to want to hear this podcast because this uh, this involves you guys as well. Um, I, I was actually really excited about doing this podcast and it did not disappoint. And I, it's a little over two hours long and uh, I'm going to have them back. We're going to, whenever they release a new product and we're going to have them back, but also you guys want to stay and listen to the whole thing and wait for the end because there is a killer, killer giveaway going on. This goes for in North America and Europe. So y'all make sure y'all stick around and listen to the whole thing. And I think you really enjoy it. Um, you know, uh, Rick from GCP Rifles down in Florida, South Florida, is uh, an awesome guy. I'm, I mean, I just spoke with him and met him for the first time today, uh, three, four minutes before the podcast hit record. And then Christian as well um, with uh, the Vision products. Um, you guys have seen, obviously, the Active Session chassis, and you've seen my Just F and Send It trigger shoe for the AI triggers. Um, that is his baby. So, um, well, the, the, the vision chassis, which was formerly known as the accuracy, accuracy, chassis, I don't know which one to call it because I've seen it called both on websites. It's, it's Sam's brainchild with, uh, Christian's flavor and, um, touch added to it. And he's the one that's producing it over there in Norway. And then GCP is, um, importing them in. I asked him in the episode and you'll hear it. If you wanted one right now, if you ordered today, it'd be at your house by, or be out the door by Monday. So you can't beat that. It's ready. To, they're ready to rock and roll for your AI. So, and then obviously for your Remington 700s and, and clones and even Tika's, they're ready to rock and roll as well. Custom Cerakote colors. They do it all in house. It's, it's really a perfect situation. So 
anyway, as always, thank you for your support and patience with me. Um, and uh, thank you for the downloads. Make sure if you're listening to this on a platform that has a rate um, function, please do so. And then please do not hesitate to comment. And uh, I will uh, I will keep pumping them out, guys. So uh, until next time, either right before or right after the match, we'll get something we'll get something out for you guys then. And then we've got some more matches coming up after that, and uh, some other news you'll hear in the podcast tonight. So peace. Welcome back to another episode of the Just Evanson Podcast. It is September 18th, Saturday, September 18th. Uh, today I have with me, uh, you all know uh, know him from past episodes. I've got Sam Burns from Accuracy Obsession. I've got uh, Rick from GCP Rifles, and I've got Christian from, from uh, Vision Products. And I'm sure everyone listening to this more than likely knows the dynamic of these three guys, um, they are all teaming together to bring us here in the States. Um, Sam's brainchild and in, in design of the Accuracy Obsession chassis for your Accuracy International Rifle. So, um, hey, how are y'all guys doing today? Good, man. Thanks for having us on. Hey, I appreciate you guys. Sorry, it's been we've been trying to get this together for like a month, and it's just been one damn thing after another. I, hell, I, right before this, I had I'm coaching my son's soccer team, and I had soccer practice and busted ass to get here and and get this thing cracking. So I see everybody. Rick, do you have a beer? Hey, that reminds me. Let me go get mine real quick. Uh, before I'm getting mine, do me a favor, Sam. Everyone knows who you are, so you can just sit out for this one. Uh, Rick, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and GCP Rifles? All right. Uh, yeah, I started GCP Rifle Co. down here in Florida about five years ago when I moved here from Ohio. Uh, it's just a lot better state for uh, for the firearms community because, you know, you can shoot year-round down here. Um, we primarily build precision rifles, you know, bolt rifles for PRS-type competition, um, custom hunting rifles. We dabble in some of the F-class rifles too, just we don't have the, uh, the big customer base for that down here. Uh, do a lot of hunting all over the world uh, up until COVID, you know, New Zealand, uh, South Africa, Alaska, like bounce around to those places. Um, got involved with Christian a couple years ago through another business venture that we were working on. Um, and then we kind of started off with our own thing. And uh, I guess you'd say almost two years later, we've kind of made a bunch of modifications to his chassis, you know, to bring him into the U.S. market, uh, collaborated on quite a few things, and then uh, recently got involved with Sam here on uh, on his little venture. Nice, nice. So what exact part of Florida are you in? I'm down in uh, Venice, Florida. We're uh, It's Sarasota County, so we're halfway between uh, Tampa Bay and Fort Myers on the West Coast. Like where the shop is, I think I'm four miles to the Gulf as the crow flies, so it's nice. Yeah, I got – I used to – dude, I would – any other year until this year, I will ha- would have been not far from you at all down in Bonita Springs. My uh, oh, wife's yeah. grandparents had a place um, that for like last 15, 20 years, and we've been going down there every year for like a week or maybe sometimes twice a year in uh, down in Bonita. And I love that area of Florida. In fact, if I could move to Florida right now, I would. Um but and that might would be the area that I'd be looking at moving to. And Venice has got some of the best fishing in Florida, man. It's 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 not unknown or anything like that. But, you know, the, your Key West and all that, that gets yeah. all the love down there and then the keys and stuff. So but you're in a really good spot for fishing down there. Yeah, we could head a, a half hour south and we're over at uh, 
at uh, Boca Grande. I mean, that's the tarpon oh, yeah. fishing capital of the world. And then, I mean, just right out here, I mean, 10 miles out, there's thousands of good, uh, you know, spots just to catch fish close to shore. And then if you want to run out, you know, we've got some guys out here that run 120 miles out, which I think is just crazy. But these guys have some laid out boats to go do that. So but between the uh, just the regular angling, this the spear fishing, I mean, there's hog hunting down here. The deer hunting's not that great, but it's starting to seem to be a little bit better on the public land. But you know, for deer hunting, we head up to Georgia. Everybody's got property up there. Um, but man, I, I love it down here. It's just, it's summer year round. And, uh, I think there's a two weeks in the winter time that we'd wear, we'd wear uh, long pants. Other than that, it's just, it's just shorts all the time. Yeah. I just got back from Florida, uh, this past weekend and, um, we were in, uh, Port St. Lucie oh, okay. uh, right yeah, I mean, near Stewart close. beach. And dude, it was, it was fucking hot, dude. Like it was <laughs> Satan's ball bag hot. It was pretty fucking hot, but well, we had a great time. I know. Well, I mean, I never had anybody tell me North Carolina was the north, but compared to Florida, <laughs> it's it's there. It's it's up north uh, compared to you guys. So uh, cool, cool. So Christian, yeah. what you got going over there in fucking Norway, dude? Ah, well, working, working, and working. That's mostly what we do. You know, you <laughs> specifically. It's funny you say that because. Uh, Sam has informed me multiple times mm-hmm. of you like knocking shit out on the CNC at like three o'clock in the morning, your time. And I'm like, does this motherfucker ever sleep? Yeah, and Sam's uh, like, no, I don't think he sleeps at all. It happens sometimes, you know, <laughs> the body just shuts down and just, you just need some sleep. It's just, oh. But it's, it's, uh, yeah, I have my, <clears throat> work routines that is is quite strict i would say i have yeah so tell me about vision like how how vision uh came I, to be and what you've um been, what you've dabbled in and what you've uh found your your niche in with the in the precision rifle game yeah it is it is kind of a long story actually um but it goes back to um 2012 uh, that we founded a party, uh, uh, a company called RPS Rifle Precision System. And it was it was just a, like a after work kind of work. Sure. I'm not a guy who's gonna sit down and watch TV. Uh, it doesn't work for me. It, uh, I'm I'm yeah I'm running on the walls. So we made some uh, bipods. Uh, muscle brakes and, and different kinds of accessories. Uh, so that's where it all started. So uh, did you have a previous, um, w- was your job before Vision, was it also in the machine world? Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. Go, go. I, I started out my work uh, as a CNC operator. Okay. So I worked for 12 years as a CNC operator. Uh I wanted to move on, so I started to search for uh, yeah design engineer. So luckily enough, I got uh, work as a design engineer, and I worked, worked as a design engineer for seven years. And um, it's a long story because it's it's it's. Uh, I had some work as a design engineer that I needed to be done. Mm-hmm. And I had a guy on the other end of the phone, talked to him, and there was another guy there, like, screaming, oh, can he help me with the drawings? And I'm like, yeah, whatever. 
I can do whatever. So, yeah. And I got in contact with him, and he had some cool things going on. I helped him with the drawings, just like, yeah, on my spare time, because I I usually work. <laughs> so, and he suddenly said, well, why don't we do something together? And I'm like, uh, wow, what? And yeah, I have a lot of things going on. I have some design work. I have different things going on. And I'm like, well, fuck it. Let's do it. I just jumped off my work, started with him, took my computer and just like, oh, shit. Now it's real. It's like, oh, man. And you were already shooting too, though, right? You were oh, yeah, already yeah. doing yeah. the shooting aspect while, like, before all of this, these opportunities came about. Oh yeah, yeah. I've I've been I've been shooting since I was five. Is that, shooting has been a part of my life forever. I I can't remember not doing anything that has to do with shooting. Like, I know, for example, like in in, in kindergarten, I made paper bolt guns. It was like, it just was a thing, you know, paper boat guns with 22 empty cases, you know, just for. Yeah, you'd get expelled for that in the U.S. <laughs> nowadays. Yeah, but it's, it's yeah, like, no shit. Yeah, when we were like at my grandparents' place, me and my nephew, we worked like with farming things. He got paid money by the hour. I got X amount of shots per hour with the Krog Jorgensen. So by the end of the day, I maybe had like 15 shots and I could shoot them. It's like better than money for me. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, that's it's, you know, being the, the ignorant American that I am, mm-hmm. uh, it that sounds something so similar to what a, a typical um, life like childhood for mm-hmm. people, my and Sam and Rick's generation growing up, yeah. you know, it, it's. Um, it, you know, you're growing up. I mean, as a kid with 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 toy guns, like you said, making paper guns. Every you know, every kid, you'd go out in the woods and find a stick that you could yeah. either whittle down to where it looked like a gun, and then now you're playing army or or cowboys and Indians or whatever. And you know, here in America, thinking about well, the vast majority of Europe, what mm-hmm. the hell is this that just popped up on my fucking screen? Holy fuck. Um, the, uh, but that, that's not what you would expect to hear from, uh, somebody in Europe, but I guess Norway may be very well be that, um, exception to that rule. Yeah. I would say Norway has a very rich culture within hunting and sports shooting. It's Mm -hmm. a very rich culture. Shooting is like. It's always been very normal in Norway. It's, right. Uh, yeah. It's 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 a very normal activity. I think actually, if I'm not wrong, and I may be wrong, so somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but I I think shooting is the second largest sport in Norway after football. What do you, you mean think? Soccer. Soccer. Football. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I knew what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> But what do you think separates Norway from, well, really the rest of Europe? I mean, I'm, I'm aware that obviously people do shoot in other countries in Europe. That's obvious. You can see, you know, it would be Germany or the UK or Sweden or. Yeah, but what as far as that, 
that culture, mm. the cult, the, the gun, the firearm culture, what do you think that comes from in Norway that differs from the rest of Europe? That is actually kind of difficult to say, to be honest. Why is it so much more culture here than it is in other countries? That no, that's actually well, it's culturally it's culturally accepted. Yeah, and yeah. it seems embraced in Norway. But you yeah. can't. I don't know that you could say that about most other or majority of all European countries. Isn't uh, Switzerland like that though? Yeah, 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 yeah. Switzerland is. Kind of similar, I think. Yeah. They're real big on that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, they've got the different, you know, the biathlon shooting stuff and all those cold as fuck countries, mm. and you know, all the Nordic countries. But what I mean, it's just to me, it's just so. Well, first of all, it's refreshing to hear someone in Europe say that about a country they live in. It really is. Being an American, it makes me feel good to hear that that culture is still alive and well somewhere in Europe right now. Yeah. yeah. You know, we just have such different histories, you know, because in the United States, the re- there's, there is a, a very clear reason of why, even though we have so many people trying to change that in the last, yeah. you know, 30 years, but you, it's a very apparent and obvious reason of why we have the, the gun and firearm culture in in america and that is from our history and what that is now this was a debate that i had with somebody on snipers hide and one of the threads about the constitution and, and the history of our country and everything and, and i said that i i said that you know we have this because of you know the fire and rage in the bellies of our forefathers um when it came to you know independence from the uk and there was only one way to get that and do that was with a firearm. Yeah. And it was, you know, hunting. That's how you ate is you hunted and yeah. you ate. And then then the 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 obvious reasons of, you know, defense and, and preservation of country. Mm. And that was passed down from our forefathers all the way down. I mean, I mean, hell, a well-regulated militia was 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 an order given to us as a nation, um, mm. you know, by our our founding fathers and that it even though we have what we have today it is standing true um still regardless of how hard people are working um to change that it is um they're doing their best to try to change that but it's still alive and well i mean my son literally he can't pick up anything without trying to turn it into a gun you know (laughs) and yeah. Some people may scoff at that and think that's disgusting of me yeah. as a parent to I, read, but it's that's how it is yeah. supposed to be. It's a, <laughs> that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, enough enough of that. So, yeah. you know, I've seen on your website, I have seen a, a lot of really cool innovation and you know beautifully machined products, and I just want to take this time to specifically bring up one in particular. Which is the just effing send it trigger shoot. Yeah. <laughs> I am a big fan. Okay, first of all, you get it's proven you get three extra impacts at a match because of the engraving on it. Yeah. But not only that, it is the best feeling trigger shoe I've had on my AI. So I had obviously the factory trigger in my ai and then when I got the competition trigger, it, I had the the uh, straight blade 
And I did like that. That was a big upgrade from the factory AI trigger shoe for sure. Um, but when I got when I got the trigger shoe in from you and I was like, man, this is really cool. I'm, I'm really excited to have this in my rifle, but I just don't know if I'm going to like it as much as I do the flat trigger shoe from the, um, the competition trigger. And I put it on, and then after about maybe five or six dry fires, I was like, holy shit, I actually like this better than the competition trigger shoe, the flat shoe. It feels great. It's the perfect width. It is the perfect curvature, but it's not like you know your Timney 510 big loop curve. Yeah. Um, and then again, it's not dead straight either, but I feel as I, I mean – do I pull the trigger better than the fact than the uh, competition trigger shoot? I don't know, um, but it the, the tactileness and the way it feels to my finger, mm. I actually do like it better. Whether it had the engraving or not, but I think the engraving <laughs> is kick ass, yeah. and I do appreciate you doing that. That was yeah. really cool. It was actually I, I I did a trigger, and it was at the same time as I listened to podcast, and I I just like a split moment. It was like. Just fucking send it. That fucking that's just awesome having on a trigger because it's just fucking send it. Well, that's the button. That's the button yeah. that you push to send it, right? That's exactly, the send exactly. button. And it, it's a small detail. You can't really see it, and and but you have to get up and close to see it. You know. Oh yeah, standing two three feet away from it, you wouldn't see it. But if you get up, like you're looking at it, you can you can see it, and it's you know perfectly legible at that point. It's just like the fine print in a contract. You know, you got to really look hard to see it, but it's really cool, and I know it's there, so I think I think it's pretty cool. So I really appreciate that. It was uh yeah, that's the that's the decisions I make like on the fly. Just getting that's in. awesome. Yeah. So, so Sam, to get you in, so tell me, um, I mean, really how this relationship between the three of you um, with, with Rick and Christian, how how that came about. And I mean, you, know, you guys are doing very well. People are getting getting their chassis and I'm seeing the picture like, hey, I just got my my AI action mounted up. And man, like the difference this thing makes is, you know, is amazing. And I mean. You go into kind of the the birth of that, and um, you know, we can go from there. Yeah, I think I think we really got connected by a customer that was over there that wanted one of the original runs that I did here, and I think he gave me Christian's contact info. And I don't know if I just messaged you, Christian, or emailed you, or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah, I think. Um I don't know. I think I emailed you, and I think we got on WhatsApp. Yeah. And I think we just had a phone call, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, we kind of just hit it off. You know, we're very similar in a lot of ways from a, you know, design or engineering perspective, and honestly, you're just kind of like, oh, you want to make some of these? Okay, here's the CAD files. Let's see how it can work and integrate it with the, the foreign that he had from his uh you know vision chassis the remington 700 chassis and kind of just went from there you know he he did kind of a proof of concept to see if it would work and machine and i think ultimately this whole project was just because he wanted one for himself so now he's just he's in it deep but he got the ones that he wanted and now we're gonna see where it goes (laughs) 
Yeah, well, everybody gets the to reap the benefits of that, so I think that's a win for everybody who <laughs> wants to get one. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I can't really comment on you know GCP and Vision because they go back further than me. But I think you know Rick's been, you guys have been working to import the Vision chassis and the AI chassis just become part of the product family now. Yeah, the. Uh, the AI chassis was a, definitely a, a welcomed product. I think um, it's getting a lot of good traction now. I think uh, a lot of the AI shooters still need to find out about it. And once they do, um, I think they'd have a hard time saying no to it because what it changes that that chassis system over to is just is just such a, I guess the word you say is like a more shootable rifle just because the the way that the rifle balances out and how the, the barrel action actually sits lower in that chassis instead of being seeming like it's top heavy like the you know, the standard AI setup. So, I mean, you're just taking a, a, a really good rifle and turning it into just a great rifle with that chassis. Well, I mean, what it does is it essentially takes the, I mean, obviously people, some people, most people that like, especially AI owners will agree, but uh, it takes the most, the turn thrown around a lot, talking about AI bomb proof action, and then turns it into a gamer gun because yep. that's been, yeah, you've always had a, a few of the guys like, you know, me and Sam and some of the non-team AI shooters, but including the team AI shooters, you know, we, we were kind of like the holdouts, right? We were the ones still shooting a, a dedicated sniper rifle not meant for this game. Mm-hmm. We were still the holdouts shooting an AI because we knew, well, A, we love just the the engineering behind accuracy international actions and uh we loved our our quick barrel change system that is still unrivaled with even though there are multiple other action companies and rifle companies that have a quote-unquote quick change none of them are uh, i think as quite as good as as ai's but um you know they they wanted that and they were just like well you know what uh, i like the 60 degree bolt throw i like this that and the other about it um and, but uh, I do know that there is a, uh, a disadvantage to the ergonomics of the chassis that you uh, are, you know, you have to deal with. Um, I'm going to continue shooting it. Well, when Sam came up with this idea, I mean, it was, I mean, an aftermarket support for actually international. What? And a chassis at that? What? Like, that's unheard of. And then you know, in comes the, the prototypes. And like, I remember when I first put my action in it, um, I was blown away about the, just the absolute difference. It does. It's not the same rifle anymore. It's got all the good things that AI has always had without the couple of bad things for this game that we're playing. Right. So, and it's just, it's only gotten more refined since then. I mean, between the first run that Sam had done here stateside to what you get now with all the other supportive products that, that you Christian have, um, what you've, what you've come up with that it's just made it that much better. I don't know how, but I only got Rick on my screen. Um, lost, lost Christian and Sam. I'm still here. I can see in here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Okay. I got everybody. So I got all you guys in here. But but now you have there's really no disadvantage to to shooting an accuracy international to any any gamer gun rifle minus if if the bolt lift thing is that big a deal to you maybe but I'll tell you what in this chassis 
Um, especially if you add like a plate to it or have like weights on near the magwell on the chassis that are wider. Uh, I don't get really any cant movement while running the bolt. And it's hard. You're hard pressed to show me an action that you can cycle faster than an AI. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I don't know of a disadvantage. I mean, it's right now, as now I sold my Hancock, I, I, it's my only match rifle and, uh, I'm actually excited that it's my only match rifle because now I don't have the only option I have to pick from now is what caliber I'm going to shoot. Right. And that's changed out in, you know, 30 seconds. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited about that. And, you know, it's, um, I, I feel at no disadvantage to the most gamed out rifle that you can cook up. I'm not at any disadvantage, but then again, if, World War Three kicked the fuck off, or Civil War Two kicked off. This rifle is still as capable, if not more, than it was before I took it out of the original AT chassis, right? So it to me, it still keeps that thoroughbred battle rifle ability with the feel uh, and ability of you know your Gucci gamer rifle, right? Yeah, and with this thing having the you know the arc rail system in the bottom of it, and you know being able to slide your bipod all the way back to the magazine, um, I showed it to a few of the the SWAT snipers that we shoot with down here in South Florida, and now it's kind of getting pushed up the chain to see if they can you know do some of the work and actually change it out to their department rifles too, just because it just you know a lot of them shoot PRS down here, um, and there's some pretty good some pretty good SWAT officers that that shoot in competition down here. Now a lot of them don't travel too much for the two day matches. But they do shoot the one days just kind of, you know, be better at their craft. And uh, when I started showing them that, I mean, the interest sparked right up because a lot of them try to use their duty rifles for the matches. So, you know, it'd give them a little bit of advantage there and it probably just it help with their uh, lethality with with their job. You know, just because the ergonomics are comfortable for them. And, and you're right, like you said, they do feel and like respond like they're gamer guns. Well, what what rifle platforms are are there? Do you if they're trying to looking at getting this integrated, is this for a Remington 700 footprint, or are they act that those departments actually shooting AIs? Those departments are actually shooting AIs. Fuck yes, that is yeah, awesome. Yeah, a lot of them have um have the LEO version, you know, that has like the AX stock and the AW4 in, so they want to change them out. So I mean, a lot of them use them. You'd be you'd be surprised. That's awesome. That's that's awesome to hear. Um, yeah. That that departments are seeing the need to have. I mean, just the just the the AI period. The fact that they're allotting the budget. Not only how many how many qualified snipers they have, so how many rifles they've got to invest in, but hell, one AI can pay for how many SPS. 700s and 308 you know what i'm saying how many of those can you outfit an apartment with for the price of one ai so it's really cool that the department found or felt the need to invest that type of money into the platforms for the duty rifles because they saw the value in what an leo sniper can do uh and what they can provide and not only that but also the the need for quality equipment you know for their departments and everything now and i really hope and it sounds like they are if they're competing um, it really seems like they are f- uh, seeing the benefit and value in the training because I'd rather have my officers with 10,000 in training with $900 worth of rifle rather than vice versa. Right. Yeah. We have a, we have a department down here right now that I'm working with. Um, 
they're looking at, you know, half a dozen rifles and the, the chief is actually pushing for them to compete. So they were actually talking to me about helping them out with some training, not so much for like obviously SWAT tactics, because that's none of my business, but as far as like PRS, you know, just getting behind the rifle, engaging fast, you know, sure. moving multiple targets. So I just, it's just, it's kind of a, it's kind of nice that the, their department sees the, the benefits to it and it's kind of you know pushing the guys towards it with you know being able to have you know ammo available for them you know and and get the training that they actually need like you said training's 90 percent more valuable than than just you know spending a bunch of money on some type of gucci gun but if you already if your department's spending the money for a high-end rifle like an ai you know and they're giving you training i mean that's just that's a win-win for everybody yeah, it sounds a lot like what a lot of the third group guys are doing um, from Fort Bragg, the Green Berets and third group. They are I mean, they're highly encouraged by their by their brass and chrome to to go and compete. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that it's that they even foot the bill for them to to travel to do that as continue like on continuing training or whatever to shoot these competitions. And they they've seen the value in what competition shooting with civilians does for uh you know their readiness in in the military and it sounds like you know some law enforcement town in south florida feels the same way and that's that's really refreshing to hear and and it's awesome that they're doing that um well yeah if you shoot the third group guys or there's one guy i don't want to say his name on here but he shoots competition and he's tough as hell to beat and plus he just does a lot of the sniper competitions but he's like he's like a crossfit stud that's an actual just total hitter for the u.s yeah, and, and I'm sure it's one of my really good friends that yeah. I've mentioned on here many a time. So he's yeah, uh, yeah he knows who he is. Um, but um, yeah, he he is a stud, and I love. In fact, I'm well. I think I sh- was my last match I shot. I've shot multiple matches with with a bunch of the third group guys. We all try to shoot matches well, together and squat it together because we have such a good time, and they're they're such good good dudes not just yeah. shooters they're such good dudes um on that, which that is, guy we're talking about i mean i saw him hit steel at 1351 with a 223 using a 77 grain uh you know sear match king i was like i asked him i thought he was using like a, a, a dasher or something he told me a 223 but my jaw just dropped yeah, yeah. he's yeah. impressive well yeah that they, they they all are they're all fun to shoot and i've shot with some that uh, they're not they don't shoot as regular, but they um, as far as competition wise, but they they still do well in competition and they're, you know, equally cool guys and everything. It's always it's always fun. I mean, I've shot with probably eight or nine of them at this point, you know, if not more. But um, yeah, anyway, so we've got the um, we, we've got the some revisions done that happened since Christian got a hold of the <laughs> original design and a lot is a lot of it's cosmetic and like let's change this and that like a little bit like the magwells look more serrated and then um you know some small things here and there that they that are really great additions that look really great and then but not only that like I love the the night vision the full length night vision rail and I've been before you know, obviously before today, Christian, today is mine, your first day actually speaking directly. Yeah. Um, I've been jocking Sam's dick to get you to make me one <laughs> the night vision rail for my uh, prototype. But I don't know that it could even be done. Uh, you have your holes. You have everything. So. No, the prototype is different. It had a different attach attachment for the night vision bridge. So I told David he just had to buy a new one. Sorry. Yeah. You know, <laughs> buy another just, AI. 
I just love I love the one I've got so much because it is so awesome and it's an it's a prototype. I love the fact that it's a prototype. Like I'd rather have the what it what length difference is it saying like an inch and three quarters or something like that? Yeah, two inch, inch difference. It's an inch and a half shorter. Like I'd rather have like the length of the of the um of the new production version of it, but I like the fact that it is a prototype. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it's yep. one of the originals. That's one thing I love about it. Yeah. So the ability to not have the night vision, the full length rail on top, that's fine. I mean, it'd be really awesome, and really because here in the southeast, and as uh, Rick will attest, this Mirage is a motherfucker down here. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> yeah, we shoot the Mirage down here. Like I swear to God, we shoot in the Everglades. It's like the the Mirage has white caps on it. It's so bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's it's the same here. And, you know, because, I mean, I'm at 60 feet above sea level, and I'm sure you're probably less than that, Rick. Like but, I, I, yeah, I mean, it's when there's so much moisture holding in the ground on top of the heat, Mirage is so damn wicked. Um, and, in fact, um, I mentioned this in the uh, little bit of an intro I recorded earlier Um about a scope change that I've done, and it, and the biggest factor was because of the Mirage. What um, scope did you I, go to? I had the Minox ZP5, and I got that. I've been shooting the Gen 2 Razors for a few years now, and I still love it. I still have it. It's on a different rifle. Um, but um, the biggest thing for me was, I mean, well, A, no matter what environment or location, you know, that you're in or where you're at, you know, you've got heat coming off that barrel, which that full length rail, it may and it may inhibit a little bit of the, the speed of the cooling of the barrel tip a little bit. But the, what it does do is it it does mitigate that mirage from that barrel mm. in front of your scope. And that to me is <laughs> is the biggest thing. Um, and uh you know, the Mirage is a kill that with that Gentoo Razor. If there wasn't much Mirage, then I, I, I felt at no disadvantage to anybody with a Schmidt or a Tangent Theta or a Zico or a 7 to 35 attacker. I didn't feel, you know, but when there was Mirage, which down here is more times than not, no matter what time of year it is, uh, you know, that's when I could look through one scope and see um, like CL scope and he has a, a, a zero compromise. I can see my hits or misses much better through the Mirage um, than I could when it was there was no spotting hits or misses um, with the Gen 2 Razor when the Mirage got that bad. You know, so I was like, man. I was probably I was told by people on glass behind me that my bullet was just burning the edge and I could not tell it. Now, no matter the scope you have, I don't care what scope you have, you're going to deal with Mirage, but they're not all equal. That's the biggest thing. And and that just goes. So so you've got glass that helps mitigate it. But then again, that night, I mean, that full length rail um you know, not all chassis and stocks, especially stocks, have that ability to incorporate a full length, uh, you know, handguard, if you will, um, to cover that the majority of that barrel to keep that mirage down and out in front of your objective lens. 
And not only that, it just looks tits on that on that chassis. It just looks so good. Yeah. Um, it's, it's actually yeah. a story how that uh, front cover came about. It was because when I did uh, the first run with the 20 chassis, uh, I have a good friend of mine. He didn't at the time had an, he didn't have an AI. So I said to him, fuck it. If you buy an AI, I'll give you the chassis. And I think two days after, he bought an AI. (laughs) So we set up my rifle and his rifle. We went went down to range shooting just to try it out. And he said to me, like, wouldn't it be cool with a full-length top cover? And I'm like, ah, you fucker. It ruined my whole day. The whole day was ruined at the range. I just had to get home get on the computer and draw it. And I think I think I sent Sam some pictures of different kinds of styles that I did. And uh, I think two days after it was done. So that's yeah, I got I got re- I, I was uh, relayed those pictures yeah. before it was done. And I believe my pants got a little bit tighter <laughs> from the chub that I received. And then literally, like you said, two days later, Sam was like, well, the fucker already made one. <laughs> was, yeah. I was like, oh, my God, this guy is an animal. Like that goes back to what I was talking about. Like, when do you sleep? It's like, do you sleep uh-huh. beside your CNC machine? Because it seems as though you, you must, given, you know, how much your pump, how fast, like you get the idea to where you then have it in your hands. Yeah. You know, that's I, I would say my problem is that if, if I get an idea. I can't get it out of my head. I have to do it and get it done, and then I can relax. Then yeah. I can sit back and say, "Oh wow, that was good. That was yeah, awesome." Yeah, that it's it's awesome because I'm telling you, it. I mean, the chassis, which mind you, the looks of the chassis in reality is the least important aspect of the chassis. I mean, everyone doesn't want to look at an ugly ass gun. No. I mean, I understand that, but I'm obviously, you know function over form is important but it does help when the damn thing looks bad as shit you know what i'm saying it does it does make you love the rifle more and want to shoot it more and 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 like the rifle more and i'll tell you with the with the uh full length rail on top it's sexy as shit like it just uh, even function aside it looks sexy as shit and but the function the function's there yeah but I think also it's it's it made the rifle. Uh, it had the lines before I started drawing the the top, so it was quite easy making the top because you just follow the lines of the chassis that existed from the beginning. Yeah, uh, and it so makes, it can it can uh, uh, cater to full inch and a quarter as well, just like the night vision bridge, correct? Yeah, yeah, full yep. barrel blanks if you if you wish. Nice. So anybody who likes giant truck axles on the end of their rifle. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that what it. you got going on, Rick? You got a big old truck yeah, axle I shoot on your inch, rifle? I shoot an inch two hundred straight profile. But it. Oh shit. I tried that actually, but it it made me look like an old fart. You know, I couldn't always <laughs> couldn't move the rifle from from position to position. It was so freaking heavy. It's oh, because I mean, you're look, weak because you have atrophy from standing at a machine for 48 hours a day. Yeah. Muscle atrophy. <laughs> uh, I, I'll, I'll be honest, like I'm I'm 100 and 
depending on the day, 155 to 160 pounds. And, you know, I've got my rifle. Uh, let's see. I've got four weights on the outside, two on each side, the exterior weights, and then the full length interior weight inside of the, uh, the fore end. Yeah. Um, I've got a, a, that's a heavy palma. Mm. So it's not, I mean, it's got a, you know, a great big throat area, but it de- definitely tapers down. Um, and I'll tell you, it's, it's about as heavy as I want it. You know what I'm saying? It's, uh, yeah. the, 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 the larger tapered barrels, they do, I think look really good. Um, and, but I, I th- and I've really, I'm pretty sure I've got it balanced. I don't think I don't know if it could bounce. I was just gonna say balance is better than weight, you know. Yeah, agree, absolutely. Um, and I don't. I think it's weighing right now. I haven't weighed it since the scope change um, because everyone knows Gen two razors are probably the heaviest scopes on the market. But um, I, it, it ain't gonna be much a difference if anything. Um, but it's probably hovering right around that twenty one, twenty two pounds. I don't think it's ever weighed more than twenty two pounds, even with a suppressor on it. Yeah. Um, that's no bipod, empty mag, um, the rifles as it sits right now. And, um, but I, and I mean the, the straight, no, not, I don't say straight tapered, but the larger taper barrels look great. But like you said, Rick, the, the balance of the rifle is absolutely key. And the great thing about, you know, this chassis in particular is the ability to, you can't, Go ahead and balance out an a, uh, an AT or an AX. I'll wait. Let me, you know, let me see. You, you're gonna have to do all barrel weight, or you're gonna have to rig some shit on the back. Um, but this rifle, I mean, I'm sure I could get it if I wanted a, you know, a, a Remington um, heavy varmint taper or MTU taper. I do have a couple MTU barrels that are the ones that I'm not shooting as much, but majority of my barrels are heavy Palma and I've got it balanced. Perfect. But I'm sure when I, if I throw those other barrels on those MTUs, I could just move the weights a little bit here and there and get it right back where it is as far as balance. And that is so key. I, like you said, Rick, I'd rather have an 18 pound balanced rifle than a 24 pound unbalanced rifle. Well, and that's the thing, like when Christian designed the, the, the regular vision chassis for the Remington 700s, uh, I mean, that's what I shoot religiously. And I'm shooting an inch 200 profile barrel at 26 inches with the Gen 2 on it. Um, it weighs out at 23 pounds. Now, I've got two of them, one set up with 6BR and one with 6 Creedmoor. And to my disadvantage, I like to shoot high magnification. I have like this, this hang up with like seeing a cute detail. It's horrible and I'm trying to break myself of it. But when I switched to that chassis from a Jay Allen, which I love the Jay Allen, um, I've never been able to watch so much trace with a six Creedmoor as I do with this chassis because it just comes straight back. It just it's the most balanced rifle I've ever shot. And it was the easiest to balance. I just set it on a, a, a four foot step ladder with a pencil underneath the the rail where I wanted the the, the chassis to balance with, with you know everything set up and just stacked a few weights on it. And it's just it's perfect. It's 23 pounds. It'd be nice if it was a little lighter. But it just recoils straight back. And to be able to watch, you know, trace when you're sitting at 22 to 25 power, to me, is an advantage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, Sam was kind of, you were, you were, bef- I, don't, I don't know if, if before, if you were before your time coming out with that chassis is the right term to use or, but, or ahead of your time. But, uh, you know, 
you know, the ATX is starting to come out in people's hands and everything now. And, um, you know, they, I mean, AI did a pretty damn good job with that chassis, that system and everything, the, the buttstock or whatever. But, um, it, one of their biggest, you know, claims of, of, um, improvement is that, that recoil impulse back because of how low they got it. Well, you know, you specifically did not want to cover serial numbers and stuff when designing the actual, uh, I guess you would say the, the bore height distance, because you do have from the factory, from AI, had the serial numbers in a spot to where if you went any lower, you could have gone lower, but you didn't want to cover up any, you know, action serial numbers or whatever. And, and, and they did basically, or cut out where that was. I forgot how they mitigated that. They, they moved the serial number up onto the top of the action. Is what right. They something did, that so. you couldn't do. Yeah. yeah you, obviously you couldn't I, do that. Yeah. I couldn't do that. And that was something that, you know, I considered, but to be honest, you know, going from the AT to the vision chassis, cut an inch off of that height over bore basically. So if you have an AT with a really right stuff, Arca rail on it, you go to the vision chassis, it's like an inch less. If you go to the ATX, it's theirs might be a little bit closer, but you're not going to get a huge improvement. Like you're going from an AT to either of them is going to be a massive improvement. And honestly, if, if somebody said they could shoot the difference between the two, I, I'd be surprised. I, I think yeah. you... That's what I was going to get know. at, you know, there, there, there can't be, I mean, the difference of what it, the, the height of a bore between the, the, the vision chassis and, and the ATX chassis, I, 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 I dare say you can't shoot the difference and feel like if someone was honest and you had the same rifle, the same, okay. You had an AI action with the same contour barrel, with the same exact caliber, shooting the same exact load. I mean, literally the same rounds going to each gun. And you made someone close their eyes and get to a rifle with blinders on and pull the trigger. And where they can only comment on how that rifle felt coming back into them, I would put everything that I own on the fact that very few people would be able to tell the difference if at, if anybody could tell the difference, maybe, maybe the grips, if you had the same grips where you couldn't feel like, oh, this is the factory AX or AT grip versus whatever er, the ergo grip on that chassis. If you could do away with all of those other things where you could only feel the difference in recoil impulse, I dare say that no one can shoot the difference or feel the difference between the two. And but both is, is a ginormous difference from the the ax or the at um chassis that they that they you know traditionally came in you know yeah and i mean look at how many matches have been won with an acc or an mpa or a j allen and the vision chassis is just as close if not closer than those so if there's a hundred matches 99 have been won with one of those guns and one has been with a factory ai so you can't really say that a hundred thousandths of an inch is going to be the difference between winning and losing a match because I mean, there's just, it's so subtle at that point. The, the biggest thing, like we said, is you get the balance, right? You get the bore close. Some guys like the big plates, right? There, there's even a difference in feel. So you could take a vision chassis or an ATX 
and then put a big gamer plate underneath it that raises that height up a quarter inch because of how thick it is. And some guys like that big platform because then when you cam the bolt open, it doesn't tilt. Some guys like myself, I don't have anything at the magwell. I have the gun sit as low as it can into the game, you know, the game changer bag. And I, that feels better to me because the gun is sunk low. So there's a complete difference in height just on what plate or bag you're using there. So, I mean, it, everybody has their own feel at that point, what they want. And the vision chassis, the AI chassis that we made, it gets you as low as you need to go and you can win matches with it. Well, and it's been done. I mean, matches yeah. have been won with this chassis. So, I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean, I've won matches with it. I know other people that have. I know people that would never say that they won matches with it, but they have. And I'll just yeah. leave it at that. Yeah. So, it's, um, it's something that's been out there and has been winning matches. And, yeah, we know the ATX is out there. It is what it is. But I think if somebody is sitting and they have an AT in their safe, you go buy this chassis and install it, you're going to ch- completely change how that gun is and it's going to be a lot cheaper and it, it can be to your house in a couple days right from GCP. There's advantages to it. Plus it's got M-Lock. You know, you don't have to buy proprietary weights or anything like that. And then the big thing too from the very beginning is we designed it so that it looks good. Period. End of sentence. It looks good. Whatever your opinion is on their new rifle, I think the Vision product, it looks like a modern AW. And that's what I wanted, and I think that's what Christian wanted from the very beginning, was to make it look like a modern update, not something that's completely redone and looks kind of funky. Something that didn't look AI, right? You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, we as enthusiasts, I mean, I, I I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe impact guys. I mean, because there's so many impacts out there in the wild. I mean, Jeff and CL both run impacts now, and they swear by. I mean, there are look as far as a Remington 700 clone type custom action. You're hard pressed to show me a better action than the impact or the Lone Peak because they're basically clones of each other. Um, but they, uh, you know, it, you're hard pressed to find. A, a group of of true enthusiasts of a certain you know, firearm company like Glock guys, right? Glock guys or, you know, SIG guys or, you know, whatever, you know, AI is, is like you, they has those equal type of um, enthusiasm about that company. I mean, yeah, we, regardless of anything with the ATX or whatever before or after that, you know, we 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 appreciate AI for for what the, they made when that this rifle. Right. And so that was your it's almost like an almost like a, a updated competition ready homage to AI is what you did when you designed it. And I think you knocked it out of the park and then rolls out the ATX, which, hey, look, I, I really think that, you know, they did. That, that if you bought an ATX, you never had a, a, an AI ever and you bought an ATX, I really do feel as though you would really enjoy that rifle. But I really feel like there's room in the market for both, right? I think that, you know, I'll be honest with you, had I not known you, Sam, and I had my, my AT 
and boom, the ATX is released. I really don't think that I'm going to um, sell my AT or drop 6000 or however much the ATX. I don't remember how much they cost. Uh, I'm I'm not going to go and drop that on another AI just to have an AI to shoot in competition when I had the option of, in my opinion, an equally viable and, you know, a, a, an equal um, uh, step up and advantage of these two chassis. I don't know that I don't I, I do know that I would not have gone and bought the a, the ATX rifle when there was an option like the vision chassis, the active session vision chassis, um, because it was literally a plug and play type thing to where now, I mean, I had, I had an MDT ACC chassis and I loved it for room 700. I loved it. And I honestly felt that th- this chassis was very from the mag. Well forward. It felt when it was on a prop, I felt like I was shooting, the very same gun, which was awesome, right? Especially when one of them is an AI, right? It felt so good to feel so comfortable in any precarious position that a match director has thrown at me in, in, in the matches that I've shot with it. And I never once have I felt that I wanted to change something or I felt like, man, well, if I had had my, my John Hancock in the, um, the MDT chassis, this would have been easier for me. Not once, not once, not ever. And and that speaks a lot into the fact to the point of now, if I had another Remington 700 clone, uh, like custom action, I'm pretty sure I'd get a vision chassis for it. Right. Because now I have I've, I've, I've kind of tasted it. What I tasted, what I like about my AI and I want to duplicate that as close as I can with another chassis, because there's nothing that I would change in this chassis. Um you know, except the full length top rail, that would be great. But <laughs> you know, that's no. one of the things like you said, like if you know, if guys have, have an AT or an AX sitting there and they've been shooting it and they'd really like to use it for competition, but it's just not it's not set up for competition. I can I could probably say wholeheartedly, I could guarantee that if, if you were to buy this chassis, you'd fall in love with that rifle all over again and get it out of your safe and take it to matches. I did. I mean I definitely did yeah. because I shot a handful with a handful of matches with the AT in the, I mean, I had everything that you could get for an AT chassis. I had the thumb hole uh, skins. I had the action session thumb rest, which I still have and love. Um, I got one of the OGs and I'm not upgrading Sam. I love my OG <laughs> with uh, all, all the uh, 3d printed mark yeah. lines in it. I love it. Cause it's OG, right? So uh, it, I had the really right stuff block. I had the, um, really right stuff spigot for my bipod. I had literally, you know, the, the, uh, wee bad cheek pad for the thumb hole stock comb. Um, I had all that and I'll tell you, I can, I can't tell you how many times I was in on certain stages. I was in positions where I was like, God damn it. This motherfucker here is just not meant for this shit. If I'm prone or whatever, or modified prone, I'm at no disadvantage. But if I'm positional at all, you know, off balancing the rifle onto something, I was definitely at a disadvantage. And yeah. when I, for the first time I, when I mounted uh, my action and then let it, let the, um, 
the adhesive cure and everything. I could not wait to get this bitch on a barricade. And when I did, it was like, it was like pussy for the first time. It was like, oh my God, this feels so good. And <coughs> I mean, it, it was just, it felt completely different, but yet I still had that same, the heart of that rifle was the same, that action. And it was, it made it feel, I was like, man, this is the way it should have felt. Right. And, and then it was even better when I got a, uh, the AX, uh, buttstock, you know, that much more adjustable and, and it just felt that much better. And I mean, I wouldn't sell that rifle for shit. I mean, you could, you can't buy it from me unless you're buying me enough for me or paying me enough for me to buy another one and do the same thing. Um, and, uh, it's, it, I'm telling you between Sam, your brainchild and, you know, Christian, your you know, putting the pedal to the metal and, and the rubber to the road on it and getting it produced, you guys have, you you guys have crushed it. And, and, you know, Rick, I mean, oh, let me ask you, Rick, right now, if I got online, how long I'm putting you on the spot, how long, if I wanted to order one right now, how fast would I have it here at my house? Uh, I'd probably be mailed out Monday. Monday. It's Saturday, yeah, so- motherfuckers. Yeah, listen to me. It's Saturday right now. Yeah, yeah, because okay. uh, I I paint all of them when they come in. So Christian sends them to me in the raw, and then you know I, I worked quite a bit with um with the Cerakote. I got kind of a cheat sheet that Sam gave me from when they were trying to match the AI colors because AI can't even match their own colors. I mean, you could buy an AI today, buy one in six months, supposed to be the same color. They're going to show up in different shades. So we've been able to do a pretty good job at matching their colors better than they do. Um. So they all get painted in house as you as you order them, and I Cerakote them, and then ship them out. That's awesome. I mean, so I mean, I'm not trying to like compare to which. Then look in in the in AI's defense, the ATX is. I mean, it's in their first production run, and they're pr- producing, you know, actions, barrels, and a chassis all at once. So I get mm-hmm. that, but you, know, you got guys that are literally they were just about you know suck a dick to get the rifle in because they want it so bad and they're having to wait and everything i get that um if you have an ai you've got an option for you know basically you're getting you're getting you know the original design and you're getting you know the same benefits you can have it at your house on monday and yeah because i mean i work all weekend just like christian does unless i have a match going on i'm usually here every day like i'm i was chambering a 300 prc this morning and i'm gonna go finish it up as soon as we're done with this but uh we just work all the time you know so we strive to keep uh you know lead times low um the only one we've got sitting i actually had to send it out because a guy wanted a multi-cam tropic and it's a it's a full you know custom paint job on it so obviously that's going to take a little bit longer and then you know i'm chambering up another barrel for him and six five creed more so um his is going to take a little bit longer but he actually sent his in for me to do the debonding and, and then rebonding it to the new chassis after the paint job's done but uh as fast and as best as Christian I can, we try to move stuff, you know, over from Norway as efficiently as possible, you know. Um, so we try not to have, you know, I guess you'd say lag in our in our supply chain and everything. So we've got uh, stuff sitting over here and I guess you'd say we're able to replenish our stockpile as fast as possible and as best as we can. I mean, he works up a thousand hours a week, so it, it helps out. Um yeah, if, if people get stuff in, we try to get stuff back out to them because we know how important it is for people to have their rifles, you know, especially yeah, coming absolutely. into the fall. We've got tons of tons of matches coming up. Like we've got 
we've got five matches here in the next uh, next six weeks. You know that we're running yeah, around. Yeah. So so okay, you've got your you've got an AI. You've had it. Hell, you've got you've got an AW. Okay, and in 308, it's got you know 9,000 rounds in the barrel. You can send it to Florida to Rick here, and within, I mean, how long do you think it would be? I sent when you from when you get my AW. If I want it in a Vision chassis and I want it fucking you know plum purple, I don't fucking know whatever off the wall fucking color. Uh, how long would I be until it shipped out in the Vision chassis, painted? you know, bonded, all that stuff on, on average, what, what, what kind of time frame am I looking at? I'd say worst case scenario, two weeks, two weeks. And you've got a, a one-off color, you know, gamer, a bomb proof gamer, if you will. So you've you're getting the best of both world, uh, best of both worlds and in whatever you don't, you're not stuck to, uh, three to six colors. You can do what you want. And and I'll tell you, like back to what you're talking about as far as matching colors. Oh shit. My my AI, the I had FDE skins and the FDE from the original uh prototype. I actually like I told Sam this the other night. We were texting. I wish I might have to get that guy's number, whoever did the original Seracoding, because if he still has that code in, in Seracote, I might want to send my skins the, my grip skins to him because I like the like the chassis painted FDE better than the skins the actual original AI FDE um, but they they definitely don't match and they look really odd with the Vortex Gen 2 on it because it was like three different like I was like like a coffee color and and then like a dark <laughs> FDE and then AI's lighter FDE um, you know but I mean, you get, you can send your rifle, your AW, your AT. If you don't feel like doing it yourself, it could be as easy as picking up a phone. Hey, I want one of these chassis in X color. And then it can be to you in no time. And then it literally took, look, if, if I'm retarded, in case you didn't know, and it took me three beers and my, my rifle was an AT to what it is now. It was three beers and it was done. Mm-hmm. Let curing. It's not hard. Sam has literally, it takes you longer to watch the fucking video than it does to actually do the shit. Right. It, it's not yeah. that hard. It's very, very simple to do. If my retarded ass can do it and it is perfect. Then you listen to me can do this. It's not a problem. Um, but if you, well, you, you don't need your rifle and you're too lazy or don't have the place. Let's say you live in an apartment in wherever and you don't have the place to do that. Send it to GCP down in Florida and you get back a completely different animal in two weeks. Right. From the yeah, day I think the biggest thing I'd have to wait on is, is waiting for a custom Cerakote color. You know, if, if you wanted something weird, obviously we charge a little bit more if we have to get a, a weird color. But I don't, you know. For like some of the small tester bottles, only $35 for some obscure color. You know, like we just got Sangria in, which is a real vibrant pink or whatever. I'm going to do a chassis for Sam with that and put some sparkles and unicorn camo in <laughs> it. Unicorn fart. Yeah. yeah you got yeah. a unicorn with like rainbow fart coming out of the ass or something. Yeah, it's like going to start off with like unicorn camo, and then it's going to be like dick camo by the time it gets to the back. So it's going to be 
It's gonna be well, perfect. I, I think Sam will be able shoot, to shoot, sparkle shoot over six a thousand GT, yards. So. Yeah, you do. Sit, yeah, that's right, Sam. You do shoot six GT, so it's kind of fitting. You know, speaking of which, that reminds me. I don't know. I don't remember if I had mentioned this on a podcast or not. Um, I may have, and if I have, then let's do it again, and I don't give a shit. Um, but when me and CL went to, um, we went up to Pennsylvania to Patriot Valley Arms. We both, well, we wanted to go there and spend time. We spent the weekend with Josh. And, um, I, I had, we had, I had two, I picked up two barrels, CL picked up two barrels and I picked up, I think three for Jeff. Okay. So when we're sitting there, I mean, we're in the shop all day long with Josh, we're cutting barrels. Obviously I have nothing to do with any of it because you want me to break a, a couple hundred thousand dollar machine, put me in front of it. Um, but uh we're in there with him and we're just you know whatever and he's like okay what contour is this barrel you know what what chambering is it okay boom so when it was time to laser the barrels so jeffrey did not make the trip so i took it upon myself to have josh laser on ace and gary from the ambiguously gay duo you know in in went in like the the preview of the show where uh, like Ace was riding on the back of fucking Gary, yeah. and he's like this. He's like riding him doggy style. That is on. That is lasered on at a twelve o'clock position of Jeff's current dasher barrel. And so oh, we wow. went shooting the other day, and I'd forgotten about it. And I saw we were. He was at the hundred yard range, and I said, "Oh my god, <laughs> you're finally using that barrel." Yes, I'm gonna point this out to everybody at a match. Everybody's gonna see that I did that. I did that. Uh, but yeah, that, that's that's awesome. You need to put Ace and Gary on Sam's uh, unicorn fart chassis. We usually end up doing the uh, lasering dick butts on people's stuff. Oh look, uh, Josh. Uh, I think my like third barrel from Josh. I got it was for my AI. It was actually my six five Cremo barrel from my AI. At thank God it clocked at the six o'clock position, so you can't see it unless it's off the gun. But it is a cartoon dick with like hands and legs and stuff, big old hairy balls and big curved dick. <laughs> and I was like, you, and I didn't know it until I got it. I said, oh my God, you motherfucker. You're probably and, looking uh, at it like, man, they just sent me Sam's barrel. <laughs> there you go. Yep. All right. So mean, mean, you're going to talk Rick offline about uh, Mr. Sam's barrel. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah. So you get, you get a, a, a fully, if you want, a fully custom colored paint job on your chassis, uh, and uh, or just go with a stand. You know, just ask Rick. Rick, what colors other than AI colors do you have? Then, uh, then, boom, you might want to land on something cool that he's got, or if you want to match like your Razor Gen Two and do that color. I actually saw a rifle on Sniper's Hide the other day. I forgot what chassis it was that matched. Was it one of your Vision chassis for a Rim 700, Christian? Yeah, that I, just, was, well, I just did one the other day in Vortex Brown for a guy. I believe his is on a Tico. And um, that, yeah, that's I, it. That's the one I saw. Yeah, it, look, I took, it, that was a dead is identical. Match. Yeah, it was a dead nuts match. Yeah, like that was cool. You know what I'm saying? Like if if you know. If you have some, if you ask for a color that he currently has, which probably is a plethora of colors, you can wham bam, you're done, and you've got a completely new rifle that was is is equally as reliable as what you had when you sent it to him, but is way more capable. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. So do not let this whole debonding and rebonding thing change your mind about getting out of your factory chassis because it's a moot point. It's easy to do yourself. 
or you've got an option for someone else to do it that, you know, and you're not having to wait on a chassis to get to you to then take it to somebody else to do no one stop shop GCP rifles down in, in uh, South Florida. And you, you receive back without doing anything other than picking up the box. And you've got, here's another thing too. People have to understand that, that debonding, that in, in rebonding, you're, it's, it's essentially like you're gluing it together. It's not like you're glass bedding a rifle. It's much, much simpler than glass bedding. You know, there's not the prep. There's not the cleanup. There's not, you know, you're not pulling it out and doing all kinds of machining to clean up, you know, excess, you know, marine techs or whatnot. It's literally pulling apart epoxy, re-epoxying it and putting it back together. That is a very it's, good point because I've, I've done both. I've glass bedded yeah. four or five rifle stocks or whatever. And I will say the glass bedding of the stock, even if you know what you're doing, then the back of your mind, you're thinking like, if I fucking forgot to put release agent on one thing, I am <laughs> yeah. fucked. And yeah. <laughs> I, I, Sam, have you ever, have you ever bedded a, a stock or chassis before? Yeah, I have. Dude, I, I, and thank God. And I don't know if I'm planning to knock on some wood somewhere. I, I don't, I've never fucked up and, yeah, you know, I forgot to put release agent, but I'm telling you before, like, before I mix this shit up, I'm like, all right, I got all the parts laid out in front of me. I'm like, I'm putting fingers on everything. Release agent, release agent. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Oh, I'm good. I hope this works right. This is nothing like that. Okay. Doing the chassis, it's just, it's like if you've ever put, uh, like, uh, mortar down for laying brick or mud on a sheetrock wall, like patching a hole. It's just the same. You're just using a heat gun to release it, right? To to get the mm-hmm. old shit off. And it's 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 so simple. And you don't. There's nothing to fuck up other than forgetting to put the gold rings around the studs. If you do that, you're good. Everything yeah. else is super simple and done. You, you're not on pins and needles and then going to bed that night while I was curious, I was like, Oh my God, I hope I did everything right. You, there's none of that. Yeah. And there's not the crazy cleanup too, where you have the overspillage from like Marine text down there where you actually need a, a, you know, a milling machine to clean it out. If you want to do it, you know, nice and even, if not, you're sitting there with a Dremel, you, you know, trying to take stuff out or, you know, chisel it out of there. It's just, it, it's nowhere near as, as bad as, as glass bedding by any stretch of the imagination. Agreed. Agreed. Um, well, guys, did we, um, as far as the uh, the chassis goes, other than the big announcement we're about to do, is there anything else that you guys want to get out? Well, I mean, I think I think they should talk about the Remington 700 chassis a bit too, because I think that is, yeah, I mean, know, I, it's yeah. lo- loaded with features compared to everything else on the market, and I don't I don't know what what people know about it or not, but you know, Christian and Rick can talk about it. It's it's awesome. I mean, it's got so much cool stuff on, especially the butt stock is really cool. I mean, maybe they can talk about it more, and that's available too. Now, Rick, you're shooting one, right? Yeah, I shoot them. Uh, a bunch of guys on uh, Team GCP shoot them as well right now. Um, the interesting thing about that is when, when I first got a hold of one of Christian's first vision chassis that made it to the United States, it had a totally different forend and it had a top rail on it. Kind of looked, is really gnarly looking, looked like a space gun, um, <laughs> at least in my opinion. Really cool. <laughs> um here's a problem with christian christian when he makes something he makes everything so damn tight and fits so perfect it ends up costing ends up biting him in the ass because he made the original ones to fit a remington action a remington 700 and that's you know that's primarily what they're going to see over there they don't see the plethora of clones that we have here his chassis fit a remington 
better than anything you can imagine. Well, the first two rifles I built on them had defiance actions. Uh, one had a, a heavy Palma barrel and one had uh, an M24 barrel. And man, it just did not fit. Like, if it was a Remington, not a problem with a uh, Sendero barrel, perfect. I did so much milling on them to get them to where they would fit the clones. Like, even um, even the safety lever wouldn't work. It just wasn't cut out enough. So, just from there, I started calling them up saying, hey, man, this is what I'm opening up. This is what I'm doing for this. This is what I'm doing for this. And that opened up a whole can of worms to make these chassis be as clone friendly as possible. And, uh, I mean, we've probably spent back, and I'm not exaggerating, probably 2,000 pictures of me taking measurements and, you know, us making making prints together and, and everything just to get them, I guess you'd say, perfect for the clone market to where, you know, it's, it's one chassis fits everything. And that was that was a lot of work, you know. That, that's the same things happening over here. People buying... Uh... Oh, what's it called? Uh, it's um. Ah, oh, I can't remember the name. Uh, ultimatums? I, no, uh, not uh, yeah, ultimatums. Those two, you know. Uh, <clears throat> every single one has their significant features to them that makes mm -hmm. them different from anybody else. Even though it's a Remington 700 footprint, it isn't actually. 100%. Absolutely, you've nailed that because that's that's yeah. a that's a problem for every chassis and yeah. stock manufacturer. It's it's like something that's universal. What that means is it fits nothing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So universal fit means fits nothing. But the uh, you know like you, the 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 ultimatum was is one of the my I guess the most one of the most egregious offenders of that as far as. A seven now CL had one and loved it and it was a great action as far as its operation and everything, but as far as its fitment and stuff, it was one of the ones that had the most um, exceptions as far as it being a quote unquote Remington 700 footprint with between the um, the mag release and stuff like that. All, I can't remember all the things that there was an issue with fitment with that in chassis. You're stuff. exactly right. It's the, the bolt diameter was bigger. So your magazine yeah. well had to go sit down a little bit lower. So everybody had to take their mag latches out and grind them down. Yeah, yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. So. Actually, yeah, we had a guy over here in Norway, but he had a terminus action. Mm -hmm. And he, I shipped him in the chassis and he's like, oh, it doesn't fit. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, you know, what's, what's now you know because me and rick had so much going on back and forth with the chassis different clones different actions different inlets it, it's it was a yeah it was a total mess at some point but um but it turns out on the terminals they have um for the trigger they trigger hanger, trigger hanger yeah yeah they have the hangers yeah that had some things going out and but it, that's that's yeah I, we're just fixing it as we go. Um, right. But I said to him, ship it back. I'll fix it. And I'll, I, he shipped it back. I fixed it and sent it back to him. So that's usually not the problem. But, um, yeah, the Remingtons has definitely been one of the hardest one to do. Well, it's the, what it seems like. Now, mind you, I'm no manufacturer or anything. But it just seems that the only thing... Maybe with a couple of exceptions, maybe some earlier clones or maybe some later clones. Mm. The only 
thing Remington about that action, as far as being a Remington clone, is the damn spacing between the the action screws. Yeah. Other than <laughs> that, that. Yeah. other than that, it has nothing cloned about it. Or as far as as far as fitment goes, there's mm-hmm. nothing the the same about it. And to where the oh well, it's a clone except this one part. Well, except this one part means it don't fucking fit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And yeah. and so people like you that are having to account for all those things you got basically two options it would be my guess one option is you make everything so fucking loose to where anything and everything can fit in there Mm. or you have one off i'm not saying you can't do that and do it correctly but i'm saying that it's for lack of better terms that or you go these are all one off inlets this is an inlet for a stiller this is an inlet for a ultimatum this is an inlet for a a tl3 you know what i'm saying yeah and that was one of the things we did is because you know i see a lot more of the different clone actions coming through my shop compared to what sure. he's going to see sitting over there so i mean it was impacts uh i mean the older surgeons the 591s you know um various defiance uh stillers pierce actions there's just there's so many of them um yeah. it, it was it was kind of a kind of daunting looking back at it now i mean um yeah. <laughs> but it, it, was, it was constant revisions. I mean, even even as dumb as it is, is like the the sweep on a bolt handle. You yeah. Know, and and how, how far certain ones go down, and, and being that that was a constant thing. Like we got to open this up more. This has got to go back here. This got to come here. You know. Yeah. So that was a uh, that got that I wouldn't say it got frustrating, but it was just like every time we turned around, it there was another thing that we had to fight, figure out. Like like that trigger hanger. You know, we thought we had it perfect. Then we get this, and he calls me up. You know, motherfucking the sky, just about ready to pull his hair out because it was just another thing you know and then we started working on barrels like his covered rail you know was milled out to fit a, a sendero perfectly and i'm like hey man <laughs> americans shoot truck axles dude so and i'm like i'm one of those idiots so we need to make this thing be able to take everything so now he makes everything to where it could take i think a, what an inch 250 christian yeah yeah it's It'll take. A, in the metric it's 44 millimeters yeah. And oh. then um and then the competition rail we came up with when we were trying to find something that would that would I guess you'd say um work better for the American PRS market. And then we started working on that. He went back and made what we call the, the mid length rail. And then I'm like, man, let's stretch this thing out a little bit more. Cause he went back right after I told him and he was here in the States, what, I think within a couple weeks you had the mid length made up? Yeah, I was uh, actually at the day I met you, uh I think the the forend was uh, finished two days after at the hotel room. Yeah, yeah. I just had to get back to machine it. <laughs> so. Yeah. so so you came you came over here to meet with Rick to kind of like yeah well br- brainstorm this thing no, and no actually no but the, the story is we were hooking up with another company and and we were shipping twenty five chassis to them and I said to them you need to find a really good gunsmith to put them together, make something awesome, you know, find a good products, defines machine actions, good barrels. That was proof. Um, and they called around and I think they called defines machine and asked who is the best gunsmith in Florida. We need him. And yeah, there you have it. That's, that's Rick. Awesome. Okay. So then, no, all right. So then y'all, y'all met after that point. Yeah. So I didn't know Rick at the point, uh, but he was working on the rifles. 
and uh, we met up a couple of days afterwards and shot the rifles, tested them out, and that was the first time I met Rick. And from there on, it's uh, it's been a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, but look, well, you guys, I mean, in my opinion, you guys have been killing it, and y'all got got great communication with. I mean, with Rick being here, I'm, I'm glad, Rick, that you're not just a gunsmith, that you're also involved in the competition realm. That way you can relay you can relay the the needs, desires, wants and preferences of the American competition shooter to Christian over there in Norway that, like you said, doesn't have the doesn't have the plethora of um, he doesn't have the data set of actions that we have here so that yeah. he, he doesn't have the new whatever in his hand action, you know, ABC action in his hand to then. All right. These are the measurements da, 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 da. This is what the American, quote unquote, competitive shooter wants in for, for his competition rifle. You are you know, his scout basically. Um, And then you relay that information and then, and maybe numbers to where he can then, Oh, that's easy. We can do that with this and then change that or create this. And it, it works out for where the end user reaps the benefits of it. You know, that's, that's a really cool dynamic that you guys are just kind of teaming up from, you know, different sides of the globe to, you know, help create You're you're his scout that goes out and finds what, what else, what else, what else, what else. And then he goes and mad scientists it and creates it, you know, that's, that's really cool. And, uh, um, we're the ones who reap the benefits of it. So tell me yeah. about the, tell me about the buttstock. I want to know more about the buttstock on the, on the Remington footprint, um, chassis. Well, it's the same buttstock on every single chassis. Um, but uh, going into making the buttstock, it was all about adjustability mm-hmm. for the user of the chassis. Uh, and and I, I always, the feature I've, I, I think is the most important for me is the adjustable bag rider. Because when I, I'm shooting, I always pack my my chin really good down into the buttstock and press mm-hmm. it down into my my uh, bin bag. Mm-hmm. But a, a lot of times you don't have the height of the bipod. You're shooting upwards, downwards, different positions. So you, you don't always get to get the right uh, pressure on your uh, your uh, bin bag. Mm-hmm. That's where I thought about the adjustable uh, bag rider because you can just adjust in it and, and it's it's perfect each and every time for for that kind of shooting that you're doing at the moment. So that that's uh, for me is the most important feature, and also um, the adjustable uh, butt pad that is really quick adjustable in height if you're shooting uh, standing kneeling uh, prone position uh, for me it's always been the important thing of having um, what you call it um, uh, the recoil um, 
not management, but uh, that recall goes straight into your shoulder. No yeah, the recall, the recall impulse, right. Yeah, yeah, it goes right into your shoulder. You have good shoulder connection to the rifle. All right, hold that up for me, Rick. I see you got it in your hand. Yeah, so, so here's one of the bus stocks. Um, he basically built this, I don't know if you'd call it a wing nut. Um, these are all CNC machined by him also. So you, you can adjust, obviously, your cheek riser, you know, quite a big distance, probably inch and a quarter, inch and a half, up or down. Um, yeah, so if you've got gigantic, tall rings and, yeah, you know, yeah, to shoot accommodate over something for a night vision bridge, yeah. or something like that, yeah, you can... Now, is that, um, is that cheat comb? Is that carbon fiber or is that some type of? This one's fiber? actually a Delrin and he's got like a, a light serration that's okay, on it. Okay, that's what I'm um, seeing, yeah. Yeah, it's not very aggressive. Um, we are working on a, a carbon or I don't know, a 3D printed one. I don't even know what the material is, but I've, I've, I've already looked at it on some of the thumb rests he's made and it, it, it's an amazing material. So these might get changed out to where they'll get 3D printed. Um, you know, you've got a lot of adjustment just in your length of pull. Just, you know, simple, simple wing nut. Well, not wing nut. It's actually a machine setup. Um, yeah, no, I, get, yeah, I wouldn't meet. know. I don't really know what to call it, But, yeah, wing nut kind of fits as far as the shape yeah. and how you manipulate it. But it's not a quote unquote wing nut, obviously. Exactly. And then like the buttstock, you can go, you know, you can go positive about an inch, but then you can also drop it down negative, you know, much lower than the bottom of the buttstock. Now, last match that we had personally for we were shooting 22 NRL. Um you know, we had an offhand stage, so it's kind of nice to be able to drop that buttstock down. So when you're shouldering the rifle, when you're standing up, it just it fits perfect. So there's adjustments. I mean, I think it makes a difference for me to be able to adjust the stock on the fly for certain for certain things that we're doing. That was like, very like quick. Offhand. How you just drop that down? Yeah. It, I it's mean, just, it's it's like instant. Yeah, and that's this is all his design. Um, on the back, you've got an adjustment wheel where you can back this off, and then you can actually add you know add uh, spacers. You know, and, well, you can actually add cant to it. Oh, can't. Okay. Yeah, man. I, I tell you that. Look, guys, you can't see this right here, what I'm looking at. But if you go to, uh, is it visionproducts.com? <clears throat> it's com. .com. Okay. Yeah. You can see this. It is, I mean. And the GCP Rifle Co. website has yeah. them for sale with pictures. I mean, the, the big thing I'll say is. Not to name other chassis, good or bad. This is toolless. It's got these big chunky knobs to turn. You know, the the knobs that people can't see it right now. The knobs are similar in feel to the AX toolless knob. And there's no little set screws. You don't have to get an Allen wrench out. You don't have to buy. No. You know, like certain chassis, you have to buy a thumb wheel with a brass tip on it, and they fall out, or you rub on them. Like I hate that stuff. I hate the little set screws. This is not like that at all. This is yeah. And you said a big chunky uh, knob. It is, but it's also nothing to get in the way or get exactly. caught either. It's like a low yeah. profile, big chunky. I mean, it's it's if like, that makes sense. You you can grab it. It's very mm -hmm. tactile. You can grab it, and there's a real positive feel to it. But yet, it's not protruding to where it's going to catch anything or or get hung up or undo loosen when you don't want it to it it, it is none of that it you really yeah. fucking killed it with that butt stock yeah like with or without gloves you like like samson you know there's some companies that have like a, a socket head cap screw with a little plastic you know cap going over it and those i mean they get stripped out or i mean mbt's that out. way 
Yeah, What's MDT that? has that. In the MDT ACC, exactly. they've got the little plastic caps that go over the brass, um, yep. you know, Allen head bolts. And I mean, hell, I lost half of mine that were on mine. I mean, they were gone. I have no idea where the fuck they went. Um, and the, you don't have that. Issue. And I really liked the MDT buttstock. I did. I enjoyed it. It was very comfortable and yeah. everything. But you, you don't. You still had to deal with that. It was like you. That's the way it is. Get over it. You know what I'm saying? That is, I mean, 100% toolless and adjustable on the fly. Just, just that butt pad height yeah. and up and down. It's so fast. It's like, I mean, you hit, is it a button? Are you it's hitting actually, a button? I don't know if you can see it here, but yeah, it's actually just a, a button right there. Let me try to get down the camera. Okay, yeah, I see it. All right, yeah. Basically, if, if where your spacer would be between the actual butt pad and the actual machine part of the buttstock, that quote-unquote spacer is got a button in it, and you push that button, the damn thing is like floating on rails. I mean, it is on rails. I mean, it's yeah, it's easy. That you you can hear it, and it's going up and down without any effort at all. But when once it's there, it's locked up tight as a bullfrog's ass. And it ain't moving. It ain't going nowhere. There's no play in it. So, uh, you know, look, I'm I'm just gonna ask this. I'm put I'm gonna put Sam and Christian on the fucking spot right now. I'm gonna ask this because it ain't, this ain't coming from me. This I I've actually gotten messages ab- about this um, in conversation with folks. Can we incorporate in the future that buttstock and maybe grip everything? into the vision chassis for the ai can it be done if it can be done i know you guys are probably already, <laughs> already done it i'm, I'm aware yeah, but if, uh, if it can be done uh, then i'm waiting for it if it can't be done then i understand if it's an engineering aspect of it you know well, what i'm saying it uh it can it can be done yeah it's um, okay it's just a matter of doing it yeah okay. i'll I I worked on that project for many many hours and it's in in a computer it's done. Yeah. Period. It's it exists. It doesn't exist in the real world yet and like anything it's a matter of yeah. What's what's the market, right? I mean if somebody can buy an AX buttstock for 800 bucks or 900 bucks, can Christian make it for way cheaper? I mean I think the buttstock is as good or better than the AX buttstock, but like anything, you might get five people that say, hell yeah, I want it, but then Christian makes 50 of them. I mean, we, we gotta, there's gotta be a, a consumer case for it as well. Well, I'll, I'll say this, as just a, a, an end user and AI enthusiast, I mean, I love the AX buttstock over the AT buttstock, obviously. Mm-hmm. Right. Obviously, everything is way more adjustable. Sure. But I will say this, too. The biggest thing when when you talk to when you're in like the big AI thread on Sniper's Hide or anywhere else, one of the most commonly asked, not I don't say asked questions, but one commonly mentioned aspects when someone posts a picture of something they did in their garage is, hey, where did you get that bag rider from? It's always the bag rider, right? It's with the AX buttstock. It's that's always a point of contention. It's like, oh man, or a point of interest, I should say. Like, like, like Sam, I remember you used a piece of Picatinny rail on yours. 
you know what I'm saying? And, you know, uh, just to have a longer bag rider and to where it, A, will look good. Everyone wants it to look good, but B, obviously be functional. Um, and, you know, yeah, there's a company that makes uh, a, a bag rider for or for the AX Bloodstock. But, you know, I, I this is just me being selfish. Uh, I think that there can be a feeler put out there. Hey, who would be interested in? And I think Sniper's High is a perfect place to do it because, I mean, what other larger gathering of AI enthusiasts really is there? Right. Of, you know, of who, who would be wanting a a full re- chassis, everything replacement, meaning from the, you know, where you're the, the end of the end to the butt pad, a complete replacement, because I would have been in that book because I had an AT. Right. So I had an AT and. I ended up buying an AX buttstock that was $800 on top of the cost of, um, you know, the rifle. And then, um, you know, if I bought a active obsession chassis would be on top of that, maybe that could be, if, if you find that there is enough interest in it, that can kind of the juice is worth the squeeze. You can offer it at least as an option, because if you do the buttstock, you know, and then obviously a four grip, I mean, a, a pistol grip as well to where you can change grips out because that's another point of contention with you either love the AX or AT, the, the original AI, you know, grips, or you don't like them at all. Very few people are in that I could do with it or without it type thing. And I'm actually in that boat. I could, I mean, I could be, I could never have another grip on my, that rifle and be happy. But if there was an option that was economical and everything, uh, or you know a drop-in type thing yeah i'd probably go with it too you know what i'm saying because i like you know vertical grips that you can move forward and back and like the old balls ink uh grip that they have for the mdt ac um chassis uh, i replaced the factory mdt grip for the old balls and as i love that name of that fucking company but the old balls ink they uh that grip felt so much better than the factory MBT chassis. Like I would put something like that on my AI if I could. Um, you know, I just think kind of like the possibilities with what between the three of you, I really feel is confident that the possibilities for the end user of an AI, uh, competitive AI shooter, um, I, I believe that they're as as endless as they can be outside of AI, right? with the three of you guys, if something's going to get done, it's going to be you three to do it. Um, and I think like put it this way, if on my rifle that's sitting right there, if you said, Hey, would you rather have the AX buttstock or would you rather have this buttstock? I could snap my fingers and you have either, or I'd pick that one. Like seriously over the, over the AI buttstock, the AX buttstock, I would, I would have that. I'd have that buttstock. Cause that just, everything is like, if you want to adjust it, it's right it's in on the clock it's adjusted right well um, it makes you wonder if there's a market too like if you take an at you know even if you just added this buttstock to an at you know because that's one thing a lot of people don't like is the at they want the ax buttstock but you know it's expensive yeah, yeah. It, i mean it is i don't know what now and christian i don't i'm not asking you to, to release that but i don't know what you have in every one of the buttstocks you produce 
Mm-hmm. Um, but even if it was the same exact dollar amount as the AX, like literally to the cent, the same same dollar amount, I'm picking that one. I mean, I really am. I'm picking that one over the AX buttstock. It's just to me, it is as adjustable, if not in in more, as the AX buttstock. But you also get a really good um, bag rider with it. And um, and that butt plate just kills me, dude. Like how fast it is adjustable. You don't have that. I mean, you got a thumb wheel on an AX. They know thumb wheel on that bitch. That thing is hit a button, the bitch is gone. It's moved out of the way, up, down, centered, however you want it. Very bravo, Christian, because you you knocked it out of the park with that butt stock. That thing is killer. Uh, Plus, the other thing to think about too is, so you got an AX butt stock, which is nine hundred bucks whatever you get it from Eurooptic, just say it's $900. Then you buy a bug holes bag rider. That's a hundred dollars. And then you go to anarchy and buy the cheek piece that I designed to make it go lower. The that's low 60, profile. 60 bucks. So you're talking before tax and shipping You're a thousand sixty dollars for the butt stock. So maybe if this thing could be offered for less than that and you don't need a cheek piece, it comes with a bag rider I mean that yeah, there. I think the option is there for somebody that's got an AT and is like, well, do I want to spend nine hundred on the AI bot stock or do I want to buy something that has all the features? Like yeah, I said, and, it's it's and that's it's just something we thought stock. about and and did. It's yeah, and that's just the butt stock too. That and that's not even getting into the grip. Like you could do that without getting into the grip game. I mean, you really could. But when you get into the grip game, that's that's completely out of the realm like because as with the atx ai is the only one doing that that in my opinion is viable there's a a company doing the other one i forgot what they're called but i mean for what he's charging for for just just the grip uh i mean i i like the grip enough on the factory skins to not buy it right but You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I forgot G- the name of that G-Tac. company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, that's it. GTAC. So a lot of guys got it and they love it. I, and they better for what they paid for it. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Because it, it's it's expensive. Um, but I, I'll be completely honest, too. Even if I if my rifle started out as an AX, I mean, I would. And and I and I mine came with this AX buttstock and that was offered. I'm still looking at that, and I'm like, hmm, like that's hard. That's hard not to pass up because I mean, it is just to me is is more adjustable than the AX. It's the bag rider, and it looks it's different. It's different than the AX. It looks different than the AX. It looks like, I mean, it looks like what the AX buck stock should have been. I mean, it's me just being honest. I really, I mean, I'm really digging what I would love to have one of those in my rifle. So if you end up doing that, I'm buying one. So, um, and you know, that's the thing too, is like, um, when the market finds out more about what we've got going on, um, cause these things are picking up momentum, you know, every week it's just, they're becoming more and more, um, I guess they're getting put in the face of, of more AI shooters, you know, as we go. So I guess once I would say that probably the bigger portion of the AI guys out there know about the products that, that Christian's making. Um, you know, I don't think it'd be very hard for Christian to come up with more ideas for these and for Sam to Sam to work on these things. 
um, because you know the market will drive what they what they end up making. You know, if the market demands it and the popularity is there, you know, there's so many AI shooters out there that I'm sure have really good ideas what they think is going to make it. You know, that rifle even better than what it already is. You know, like the products that Christian and Sam have already come up with. Um, there's no telling what they couldn't come up. You know, push forward like you said, like it's like changing different stocks and grips. But the market's going to dictate that. You know, absolutely. Yeah, the piggyback on that is it's so beautiful. I think it's great that Christian is in Norway. We the it would it'd be a different dynamic if Christian was here. Because you'd really honestly be talking about the AI shooter market in America. But mm-hmm. given that the relationship between the two of you, him being there, you being here. You being here in this relationship is the equivalent of him being here, if that makes sense. You yeah, be, we've had you, that talk before. It's kind of right. So it's, it's like Christian is in two places at once, but yeah. yet because he is in Norway, I mean, I, I'm, I may be wrong. I may be right. I don't know. But I have to say that if you go to a match with 200 shooters here in America, they're given that the, the saturation of, of, of aftermarket custom actions. There has to be more custom action. I mean, there, there has to be less AI shooters here per capita than over there. Am I right, Christian? There's like, if you went to a match of 200 shooters, how yeah. many AIs are you seeing on average? Uh, <laughs> Just ballpark it. Have 200? Well, we're we're usually at around. 30 to 40 competitors. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. So, all right. Okay. Oh. So, let's say they're okay. Then multiply that times three. Yeah. It's, oh, oh, wow. That's difficult. Oh, just from the pictures I see from your matches, it looks like you've got almost sometimes like 50% of the guys shooting the AIs. Uh, you know? Wow. This is was, like. No, not 50%. Um, how many? Um, I mean, fuck, if it's double digit of any percentage, it's more than the percentage here. I mean, honestly, yeah. at a normal match, because we have a saturation of the same reason we're talking about with the whole chassis issue yeah. uh, with fitment and everything. We have so many options here. Mm. You get yeah. what I'm saying? So yeah. y- y'all have less options, and it is a UK, a Europe built rifle that's yeah. been there forever since the 80s. Yeah. Uh, I have to believe that there's more AI shooters there where you are, it, not just Norway, but in Europe yeah. than there are here in America. Mm-hmm. So we are we are literally encompassing the entire AI market in this dynamic with the two of you. Yeah, you're yeah. being you're being the liaison here, Rick. And mm-hmm. of course, Christian being the liaison there in Europe. So and that's. That it opens up the market so much more to where things can make more sense, right? So when Sam was doing all these things, when it was just Sam here, he had literally only half of the AI market share, if not less than half of the AI market share. Now that we've got the three of you together, it's the entire AI market share really of the fucking planet. Yeah, and if you think about it, like we go to the, to the match, I think I was at uh, I think it was Alabama Precision over the over last weekend. And I think there might have been one guy shooting an AI. But if you actually were able to look at the actual numbers that, of rifles that AI sells in this country, you know, they're the hobbyist shooters that they just want to buy really good stuff, you know, whether they're hitting a competitive market or not. Um, Christian, and I talk about that all the time. You know, we're trying to build products 
you know, where we try to make sure we get outside of our, 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 our bubble is, you know, you look at the PRS market over, you have a thousand something guys registered for the PRS every year, but there's 30 million people in this country that base their decision on what those thousand guys do. I mean, even, you know, there's contracts that the military does. They start looking at what the PRS guys are doing just because we beat mm-hmm. the crap out of our stuff to see, you know, how stuff's going to hold up. So it is important for us to look at, at the PRS game, but the market is, is, is bigger than what you think if you just focus solely on, on competitive shooters because those hobbyist guys that just like to have really good stuff they're they're your bigger part of the market it's like the hunting market look how huge the hunting market is compared to the competitive shooting absolutely you know, that's we're a small cool. niche corner of, of firearm market i mean exactly. I, i've got a good example of that is a buddy of mine patrick he has never shot a match a day in his life but i remember back what are you in 2021 so this was like 20 17 he got an ax like he i bet you he's put less than 200 rounds down it but he he owns one and wanted to have one you know and got dave tooley to spin him up a, a six and a six five creedmoor barrel for it i don't even, i mean i don't even know he hasn't shot either one of them two barrels out since 2017 or 18 um but he's exactly a a example of what you're talking about right he yeah. He's never going to shoot a match, but he owns an AX. Like, could you imagine how many AIs get sold through my high every year? I mean, thousands upon I mean, thousands. I could get Mike. I could get Mike from. Uh, I can get um, Mike Menchaca back on the podcast. He's a good buddy of mine. Yeah. I talked to him the other day, and I could probably get a damn figure exactly how many yeah. they sold. I mean, there's uh, in a the lot of AIs years. in the country. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I I just think that it is so. This works so much better. For the collective, the fact that Christian is in Norway because he can sell. You're not worried about exporting stuff from here over there. You're just importing it from there here, which I believe there probably is a difference of importing here than it is to for us to export over there. Um, yeah, I'm, I may be wrong with that, but I, I no, my mind export papers, everything is quite easy. The usual problem is, I guess. <laughs> that everybody has is is the shipping companies. Yeah, well, right now it's one particular company, even... and I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck them over. UPS sucks, man. <laughs> like I'm just gonna name drop. They fucking suck. <laughs> they destroyed Christians without laughing. They destroyed a twenty thousand dollar fucking order, and they give you the runaround so bad to where you end up dropping it. Like yeah. they suck. There you go. That's yeah. my pet peeve about them. Like. They just fucking blow. Well, really, they all, they all, I believe, all equally suck because I've had bad run-ins with all three of the ones here: UPS, FedEx, and USPS. Um, I believe they all fucking suck on on a level. But point being is that I just have a, I have a, I have a reason, I guess, to feel that it's easier for us to bring firearm-related products into our country than it is for. I guess most European countries to bring firearm related products from out of country into theirs. I may be wrong. I may, I have no idea, but just my dumbass unknowing mind. That's what I'm, that's why I would think. I would say it's, uh, as easy both ways. Okay. Well, that's great. That's great news because I mean, we, we have a lot of, it's, it's like, uh, we have a lot of the defiance, the stiller actions, the surgeon five ninety and five ninety one, is it? Five ninety one, yeah. yeah. Five ninety ones, the the surgeon XL uh, actions. There's a lot of 
custom actions over here, actually. Uh, yeah, but all the ones you just named were very popular here back in 2011. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> you, you know, I mean, I'm just saying that the point being that they're just if that's what if those are the custom actions that you're seeing the majority of over there. I mean, that's that's literally 10 years ago. If you didn't have one of those actions 10 years ago, then yeah. you were stuck in a Remington. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, yeah. Now, I mean, I, you can't throw a rock without landing on a new manufacturer action at a match you know what i'm saying mm. a, a different one every time um yeah, also, so also uh, like brownells for example they do a good job of 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 uh supplying new actions every kind of action through their channels into europe you have well, fuck, i didn't even know they even had a european market over oh, there. Yeah. oh yeah brownells they europe have, is huge i had no idea fuck it's brownells europe it's brownells norway denmark sweden germany UK, France, it's, yeah, I think they're in every single country. Well, the, the way I look at it, the more rifles we can put in the hands of Europeans, the better. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> also, if, if we want something special, it's like my uh, my buddy, he, he wanted a, he wanted a mousing field. It's like, who sells a mousing field over here? Nobody. Nobody's uh-huh. interested in, 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 in importing one mousing field. Because it's it's a special action. It costs sure. what it costs. It's it's it, it 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 was expensive and it is expensive. But um, he took it through Reloading International, and they are great at doing import export. It's like you hit them up, you ask, okay, I want a mousing field. Okay, they source it, they get it, you pay, they uh, apply for export. You search for uh, not search for or you apply for an import. And it, it ran really smooth. It was like two or three months and you had it. And I know nice. a, a lot of guys who done exactly the same. And I've, I I talked to the guys at Reloading International when I was at EVA in 2019. So I, I know they, they, they do a really good job bringing things over here. So Nice. That's awesome. That's good news. I, yeah, th- I'm learning all of this new because I've never... I've never taught any really anybody, but maybe one person, but they never got in this conversation over there. A gun enthusiast in Europe, so it's really that's really I'm it's very educational for me. I had no idea of of really what that was like. That's really I mean it makes me feel good being here, knowing that that's what's going on over there. So yeah. I mean I really enjoy that. We also have that. we have our own manufacturer of of custom actions over here too, and they are they are also good. It's it's at the same height as the U.S. ones. Great. Like F class, awesome. F class actions, bench rest actions, regular hunting actions. Yeah, we've got a good variety of of products. So. Well, guys, before we get into the announcement of the giveaway, I do I do have one question for you, uh, Christian. Yeah. You. And being in Europe, not not you specifically, but you obviously being there will know what is as of today, like right now. Mm-hmm. This is completely unrelated firearms. What is your. What is the European average. Opinion. For lack of better words. 
of what's going on in the U.S. right now. Just <laughs> grand scheme. Oh, 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 oh man. I really, I'm going to have to cut this short because I just got to text my wife. We've got reservations for dinner in a little while. Uh, but I want to know what what is in in a three minute spiel. What the fuck are y'all thinking about what's going on in the U.S. right now? Uh, I think maybe I think. Oh man. Go ahead, man. Go off. We talk about this all the time. I'm yeah. constantly on a rant. So. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 um it's it's I actually try to avoid the conversations uh, regarding Smart, those things because I have my me my opinions about those things, but I think at the moment people really think it's a joke. It, it's a lot of crazy, stupid things going on. What uh, about about the 2020 election specifically? I'm gonna get specific on you. In in your in your mind, as Christian in Norway, yeah, who won? Who won in 2020? Uh, I think you know the answer to that one. That's that's easy. It's it, it was Trump. I know, but it's 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 i try is that the sentiment is that the sentiment the average sentiment over there where you are that's that's the difficult thing here that's the difficult thing because it's so uh polarizing you know well that's the case here as well i mean that uh, that's yeah i I can agree with that that's it's the same as here it's just going into a conversation about it it's like oh i don't know it's it's uh you really just have to pick your fights, you know, and, and yeah, people usually use the same, I don't know, uh, Trump was stupid, blah, blah, blah. He said a lot of stupid things. He did. Yeah, but it's, it's, yeah, it, it is what it is. You I have mean, to, yeah, it is. He did. I mean, I, I agree, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, you have to look at the big picture, but as of now, it, it just, just seems like. Is this actually real or is it just, I don't know. For my perception, it's, it seems to be just strange. Like a, a fake-ass reality show. Yeah, but it's... But That's it's, what it feels like I'm living in right now, motherfucker. Like, I feel <laughs> like I'm living in a goddamn clown show yeah, it's, right now. Um, it, it, I don't know. I laugh a lot about it, actually, because... I'm glad you can laugh because I don't laugh. <laughs> I mean, I do, but he laughs in disbelief. Like I can't believe yeah. that this shit's actually happening. You know? Right? Yeah, I know, I know, and me too. So do I. Like, it just it does make you laugh when you just sit back and be like, "You got to be fucking kidding me!" Yeah, I, like, I, I can agree with that. But, but I I also see a lot of like how the media portrays things, like under when you had Trump, regards to now. I wouldn't say that. There was a lot of positive things about Trump over here when he was in office. No, I, I know I, I know that to be the case. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm sure. But all in all, I, I yeah, it's it's uh, strange times to say it. Well, maybe maybe I can maybe we can do this again, guys. Like and just this selfishly, it would be 100 percent. For my benefit and for my enjoyment, not necessarily the end listener, um, 
But I would love for the three of us, because Sam and I text all the time. I mean, as recent as yesterday, mm. we text all the time about just what the fuck. You know what I'm saying? It's literally, yeah. Yeah. especially with the virus shit and everything. I would love to get, I mean, because I know me, Sam, and Rick are on the same page. And I know you are too, Christian. But yeah. we have the same perspective. You yeah. have, and I would love to dedicate at least an hour selfishly to mm-hmm. your perspective the or i should say the quote-unquote average european perspective um to to what well, we got going on i don't here. i don't know if i'm the average european <laughs> I, yes you're right i agree but you you can relay what the average european would say right yeah. And yeah. you know what I'm saying? Uh, so yeah. I, I know that may the average may not be, and that's okay, that the average opinion would not necessarily be aligned with yours. I get that. Um, but I would like to have both. I'd like to have yours yeah, yeah. and what your average, you know, dinner conversation with friends would be like, right? Yeah. Uh, about the U.S. I'm not saying that the U.S. is the center of all y'all's fucking conversations like a pompous prick or anything. But uh-huh. I can imagine that given that we are – the, the, our our media machine is so big that I, I can't imagine anywhere fucking Zimbabwe they're talking about what the fuck is going on here right now as fucked up as it is. So well, I can tell you they do talk about it in South Africa because I talk with my friends over there about it all the time. That, that my point. My point. So <laughs> okay, let's announce. I want to hear about the giveaway from Accuracy Obsession slash GCP slash Division Products. Y'all need to come up with like a one fucking accuracy <laughs> vision rifle product. You know, I don't know. Fucking y'all need to be like a, a like a, a cat and planet. You know who that is? Christian cat and planet. No. Y'all had that shit growing up. What was it? Was that? I see. I see Rick and Sam laughing because they know who the fuck I'm talking about. Look, when you get done with this, just yeah. get on YouTube and search Captain Planet intro. And you'll know you'll know everything we're talking about. Okay. Don't do it right now because I need to I need to hear. That's it's not important. Uh, but do that when we're done. You'll know what I'm talking about the three of y'all coming together. So I want to hear about the giveaway that you guys have got going on. Oh, okay. Who takes lead? GCP. Right. All right. So. So what we want to do is we're going to end up doing a giveaway. Uh, more like we're going to do it through through Instagram, and we're going to give away either an accuracy obsession slash vision chassis for your AI or a vision chassis. We're going to give away one in Europe and one in the United States. So That's two chassis, two chassis. Yep. One for over there, one for here. And it's your pick. If you, if you're an AI guy, man, try to try to win that, uh, the, you know, an AI chat or the, the AO chassis. If you're, if you're a Remington clone guy or a Tika or whatever, you know, you can get one of the other chassis. Um, probably we're going to set it up is, you know, like and follow both pages and then, uh, you know, tag three friends and share it. Just trying to get the um, the exposure out there to get this out and into, uh, you know, a lot more people's social media so that we could uh, we could spread the word about these uh, these amazing products that, that they we're getting sent over here to this uh, to the U.S. Awesome. So what so go over everything that you need to do. So you have to go on, uh, you know, like the vision page, like the GCP page and then uh, tag three friends. And then uh, we'll have Christian set it up to where, you know, he'll probably go through some, you know, random generator to to, to find the winner, um, you know, on his side. And I'll do the same thing on my side for the U.S. side. 
Um, and then we'll reach out to those people. And if you want to get, uh, you know, an AO chassis, I'll paint it up for you and, and whatnot. Same thing with the, the vision chassis, you know, we'll get it all painted up, sent out to you, you know, ASAP. All right. So here, I'm going to add to it. I'm going to add to it because I got some shit to give away. So when you tag GCP mm-hmm. and vision, you need to tag accuracy obsession too. Yeah. So there's going to be multiple tags. You're tagging three people. You're tagging four hashtag. You you want to do a tag or a hashtag? Like mm-hmm. yeah, at mention or are you doing a hashtag for I think they got to just they got to like the like the pages and then tag. Sure, they like the pages, right? Okay. So I'm not on social media anymore. So as everybody knows, and thank God my life has been much fucking easier since then. But I'm going to allow either Rick or whoever is doing the picking, whether it be Rick or Christian or Sam. Sam can let me know, whoever. Mm. Whoever gets chosen for the U.S. Uh, chassis, if you hashtag just FN send it podcast, I'm going to throw in. You guys are going to see it. No one listening can see this. A extra large. A precision underground rifle gear t-shirt now i'm actually wearing one right the same exact shirt just different color but you guys can see it the guys over there at precision underground um they look if y'all don't have one of their rear bags fucking get one of the rear bags he's got a vision chassis too yes he does he does have yeah he got, he got one of the first ones when we did the very first pre-order well you need to get a fucking rear bag <laughs> so, because their rear bag is the shit i'm telling you i love mine and i wouldn't i wouldn't trade it for any other rear bag i love it um i will give this away so basically rick or i don't care one of the three of y'all y'all figure it out yeah uh pick the winner you send me their name and address and i will send out this shirt just but they have to tag just f and send it to get the t-shirt just f and send it podcast all right. right. I'm, like I said, it's going to go. That hashtag is going to go to nowhere because there is no just F and send it podcast uh, Instagram page anymore. Um, but just so it gets in people's eyeballs and shit. Um, y'all do y'all do that and y'all send me the info and this T-shirt is going to them. So the winner, at least in the U.S., is going to get a fucking kick ass chassis for either. It, look, if you've got a Tika. Don't look anywhere else. I've got a Tika, but it's like a hunting rifle, and it's I wanted a lightweight or whatever sitting back over there. It's in a KRG Bravo chassis. If I was to shoot that in competition, I would look absolutely nowhere else other than getting a Vision chassis because it would be a fucking clone to what I've got over here minus the, the buttstock, which would be, in my opinion, a better buttstock. Um, dude, if you've got my Tika listeners, because i got a lot of people who listen to this that have Tikas. Get this fucking chassis. I'm telling you, the bitch is bad as fuck. Get it. Get this chassis for your Tika or or even your your Rim 700 clones, especially for your Tika because the, the market is more limited for Tika uh, owners. Um, this is your end all be all chassis for a Tika, in my opinion. Period. Done. Well, end of story. Here's an, here's another thing you just mentioned about the KRG. Christian, who literally makes shit up and machines it the next day. Just did a new forend for uh, the KRGs. Oh, yeah? I don't know if you've no. seen it at all. Yeah. It's oh. so, like you could take the front end off your Bravo, and he made a badass module to go on the front of it that makes it almost look like a Vision chassis with the put, you know, with the bag rider push Who forward. Who is this? Christian made it. Just <laughs> what? For Vision. What the fuck yeah, is this at? 
Yeah. So <laughs> we have it like I'm, I'm waiting for this. Like we're waiting for DHL to pick them up. The first batch coming over here. So it'll take your Bravo, which is, you know, what's the Bravo $300 chassis. Maybe. Yeah. Um, you pull the front end of it off and you slide this thing over it. What are you getting Christian? Like three, four inches off the front of it. Uh, oh my God. Four inches. Oh dude. Yeah. This thing's, this thing is going right. to take like, and the Bravo is a decent chassis. You know, it's a great budget chassis. He made this four end for it. Yeah. You, you've got the, you've got the, uh, the barricade stop. You've got M lock all the way down it. It's just, it's freaking cool. I, did, I didn't even think about it until you said something about the KRG. That's but, a uh, fucking wrap. Oh, my God. So, Rick, yeah. you got to email me and let me know when that bitch gets in because um, you save – what are they – so you're, are you Cerakoting them? I'm going to Cerakote those also when they come in, yeah. And you're matching to the, the KRG colors? Working on it, yeah. Because, like, I even when I did the AI, Sam sent me down a bunch of the AI pieces, you know, just to match colors. So I'm going to order probably three of the bra- – what do they have, like FDE – OD green and obviously black will just be armor. Black. They got gray. I've got the gray one. Okay, like so a, I can probably match. I think that one might be a little bit between like sniper gray and sig yeah. gray or somewhere in there. I can get. Yeah, like, I mean, I can figure something out and get it. I don't even know the name of the bitch matches up close. My AI looks like a fucking, uh, I mean, multicolor shit. So I'm yeah. all right with it. I don't care that shit. Yo, I'm getting one. That's a wrap. I'm yeah, done. You got to see I hate it. About like, most the front end. Yeah, and, and even like on the side of it where, you know, normally we do like he has the recesses in there on, on the magazine wells, like on the AI chassis and on the, the standard vision chassis. This one, um, we decided to leave it more flat. And the whole reason we did that was just because people like to put those little plus two stage savers on the side of them. We did that just for shooters because like aesthetically we could have milled it out and had a little recess pocket in there. But for shootability, that's one of the requests that people have. They want to be able to have a nice spot for those uh, those plus twos. And this is why you listen to the Just Episode fucking podcast because <laughs> it's the best podcast. Look, I'm telling you, I, you just made my day, Rick. Holy shit. So as soon as that, that shit comes in, I want to know because I'm going to order one because that's the thing I hate the most. I mean, it's a hunting rifle. I've shot damn 15, yeah. 20 deer with it so far. But when I'm shooting it at 100, either testing ammo or whatever, the bipod, I hate that damn front end. Uh, thank yeah. God. Yes. It's fucking short awesome. and everything. Yeah. And this one's got the this one's got the Arca rail all down the front of it, you know, because other guys are trying to get, you know, 419 rails and, and adapt them. And then the other thing, too. Is he made it to where you don't even have to take any of the chassis apart to get your action out of it because he made the screw holes go straight through it so you can get to your action bolts. Yes, it's a win. I'm getting one, so that's a wrap. I'm getting one. Um, all right, so you, you heard it. Oh no, you heard it right here. You, you need to get you need to oh. to like the GCP and the Vision pages uh, on Instagram. You need to tag three friends. You need a hashtag just seven Senate podcast for the T-shirt, but you don't have to have that to win the, the chassis or whatever. Um, and uh, you you enter in to win a cool T-shirt, which these are. I have like two or three of them. They're like my favorite T-shirts for real. I, I love them. Um, and I don't get shit from these guys at Precision Underground. I just love their T-shirts and their beer bags and stuff. Um, but you uh, you also get an amazing chassis for either whatever rifle you have, especially yeah. the AI. Yeah. yeah. I mean, realistically, if somebody has a KRG whiskey and they really like it, but you want this vision forend on it, we'll make that happen too. Look, yeah. look at that guys. This is why these are the people that I have on my podcast. I have these people on my podcast and you only go get it here. They ain't on no other podcast, but the just efforts in the pocket. That's why y'all listen to me. I know that Sam, what you got, buddy? I don't know. Nothing else. 
it's uh, it's all good. We uh, we already talked. I'll I'll post the giveaway on Sniper's Hide as well, and we're gonna be putting more information out on the Remington 700 chassis and the other products. We're um, a commercial supporter now on Sniper's Hide, so uh, Rick is a rifle builder. You know he'll if he's got barreled actions or stuff available, you know we can sell them legit in the px and now i don't have to uh try to keep anything quiet on sniper side we can share everything and and people can con- i'll i'll pretty much be the point of contact on sniper side uh, rick and christian are they're more of lurkers they like to sit in the shadows and just observe but i'm i'm out there people know me on sniper side and we'll start to get more people's eyes on the remington 700 chassis Yes, and do me a favor. When you post that on Sniper's Hide, I'm sure you're going to do it in in the Active Session thread or whatever. Post the same link to or or message or whatever for the giveaway in the Just Seven Send It um, thread. Okay. Yep. Post that. I'll let you do that. I'm gonna post this episode, but I want you to post that in the um, in the Sniper's Hide um, thread for the podcast. So, but guys, look. All three of you, Sam, as always, you know, you're my boy and I, I love having you on. This is what your third, fourth appearance on the podcast. Third, third, I think. Third, I think. Yeah. And and Rick and Christian, the two of you guys, this has been awesome. I've been I've been looking forward to this doing this podcast as an AI enthusiast and as a chassis owner. I've, I've been look, really looking forward to this podcast and it is I was very happy to meet you two. And it ended up being you know, way better than I could have uh, imagined it to be. So I really do appreciate the two of you guys coming on with me today and, uh, and, and us finally getting it nailed down a time to do this. Um, I, I will have, I want the three or four of us back together and we're going to do a podcast on like what we talked about earlier and expect what we'll do is we'll wait until there's a, an update or something going on, something new, maybe, um uh with um with y'all's projects and everything we'll get we'll do a podcast then um announce all that talk about that and then i'll like i said christian i i don't get the opportunity to talk to people in europe that are in the gun market in a in a, a an intricate detail like we can here in this venue and yeah. i want i want to do that um because it is it, even though this is a precision rifle oriented and centered podcast yeah. uh, i said from episode one uh, or, or episode two, one or the other, I said that I'm going to talk about things that interest me and that I think other people be interested in. And the average gun enthusiast, uh, the especially competitive shooter, they're also very, uh, you know, very up to date and well read on what the current climate is, you know, in the world and especially regarding Second Amendment um, aspects here in the U.S., and we we want to know we we very much care about what you know the rest of the world to a point we care about what what they're seeing you know especially especially when they agree with us so yeah um I, I want to take that opportunity and do that but guys again I really appreciate y'all coming on and uh, we're gonna do it again real soon as soon as y'all got something else to announce we're going we're going y'all we're gonna be the next slated ones to come on yeah. And awesome. thank you for Thanks having us on, man. And uh, uh, look, the pleasure check, was mine. Jay, check your phone. I just sent you pictures of that uh, that KRG. I think I sent you a mail too. <laughs> nice. Look, send it to me because I'm I'm buying. Send me a link where I can send you money because that's what I want. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, I just sent you uh, pictures on your phone, though, so you should have that, and then that way you got something to fucking do whatever you want with later. Awesome, awesome. Well, guys, let me end the recording right here, and then uh, we'll jump off. Uh, got listeners, I think you got a really good one today. These three guys are are, are now – well, Sam's always been a boy, but I, I really feel that we're – we're a little family here, a little just have ascendant family. So, um, and I really enjoyed having them on. Um, Rick is such a, an awesome guy and, and Christian is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to the, the intricacies of, of making something like this happen. Uh, he is a true mad scientist that never sleeps. And, um, I, uh, I can, I mean, I'm the rest of you are only going to benefit from his hard hard labor in in um in works with sam so um i think i hope you guys are going to enjoy i think you really are and uh we'll catch you on the flip